The following episode of the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio, includes advertising provided by our network, GCN. If you'd like to subscribe to an ad-free version of the program, plus the exclusive After the Paracast podcast, please visit www.theparacast.plus. That's P-L-U-S. Once again, that's www.theparacast.plus. The gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So we're rejoined by someone who's been on the Paracast a time or two before, and that's the one, the only Mac Maloney, who writes about strange and unknown, but also writes fiction, which is an interesting situation, but a lot of other people in the UFO field have done that. And our co-host this week is Kurt Collins. Tim Swartz is somewhere out there. No, he's actually, I think, in Detroit or something. He'll tell us about it next week, what that's about. Now, as we do this show, we're recording it on a Wednesday afternoon, right after or shortly after NASA had a conference with its UAP presentation. And I just saw the CNN report on it. And I assume based on what they said, I got most of it. Kurt, did you listen or see it? Yes, I did. And there was also uh, afterwards, there was uh, a segment with the questions from reporters. And some of the questions were really good. Not all the answers were. But uh, yeah, so there was not a, a lot of encouraging things for the people that are looking for the answer of aliens, I have to say. That's the game they've been playing all along here. It goes back to the... 1940s and 1950s. There's no evidence that ET is amongst us, no evidence that UAPs, UFOs, flying saucers, whatever you wish to call them, are extraterrestrial. Same story all the time. Yeah, of course, we know, you know, even most uh, UFO proponents will admit that the data shows that 90% of the reports, you know, crumble. There's nothing to it. Then there's, you know, you get this 10% or so that's mysterious, unexplained. Sometimes there's not enough data. And, and what they're saying now tends to support that. Uh, we've got better instrumentation, got military cameras. and, and But, you know, the, the few films that they've shown, are, it's more of the same, indistinct little blobs and uh you know, they're saying that's distant aircraft, it's resolution problems. So they've got to weed through a lot of stuff if they're going to find anything solid. Uh, you know, it sounded like those several of them sounded like they had a genuinely open mind. So, you know, I'm not slamming the effort. Uh, I do kind of wonder why two different government branches or more are at it, though. As we might think, maybe they're just getting the money appropriated. But the other thing I noticed here with regard to this week's conference they show a film of a UFO, which is three tiny dots. And they say, well, of course, that's just three aircraft. So why show the darn thing? You see, that's the problem with most UFO films. They're tiny objects. You never know what they are, and there's really no evidence pointing one way or the other. They go also, they had a chart, kind of a 
working chart there showing the kinds of UFOs there are and some other characteristics, but they don't represent a fraction of the characteristics of what UFOs are seen to be. I didn't see anything there about triangles. That's true. And of course, now we have to remember they're processing things almost exclusively through what's been received by military pilots and, you know, the, the triangle. If, if that's reported, it, it's not at the top of the list. You know, it's real big on civilians, especially in the, in the 90s. So they're not really focusing on the uh, historical cases. So a lot of that's going to be left out. And they say the majority is, is spherical shaped things, which especially a light at a distance is going to look spherical and, you know, a balloon and everything else. Are, there are lots of those. But as far as showing these films at the duds, I think what they're trying to do is demonstrate their investigative process. They're, you know, they're attempting to be transparent. You know, I tend to believe them. I don't think they're finding much. Well, we don't expect them to find an awful lot. Mac, what's your take on this? Well, I think what they are doing is um, pretty much what Project Blue Book did back in the uh, 50s and 60s is is basically make believe that they're putting on some kind of really, you know, big time research project. And all they're really doing is cherry picking incidents that they can explain. I mean, that's how Project Blue Book, you know, toddled along for almost 20 years, uh, more than that. But uh, and and I think, uh, you know, um, there's a possibility that uh, there was some money in this for NASA. I mean, here we are in 2023, and now they're deciding to look into UFOs, something that's been around since, you know, certainly the late 40s. So it could be a money grab by them, you know. I mean, who knows? But but as you said, you know, the at the end of the day, the conclusion is, uh, you know, uh, we can't find any evidence and so on and so forth. Also, I don't think it's even getting that much publicity. I know the recent conference in Congress had very few attendees. This could be part of their uh, plan. You know, I mean, I'm not a real conspiracy guy, but, um, you know, part of the plan might be to, you know, when they had the big splash there a couple of years ago and now maybe three or four years ago, you know, explaining that the Tic Tac uh, videos uh, were, in fact, unidentified. Um, That was a big splash. And a lot of, you know, Congress, you know, put together committees and gave them money and they had to report back. And they promised to report back, and, and, you know, they didn't, you know, and they just made it duller and boring, and they changed the name of the office three times, and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So it's it's just like a flim-flam show, you know, just uh, put up a lot of uh, noise, and after a while, people get bored, and they, and they go away. Well, as you say, repeating it over and over again, and as this comes, as it comes, we have all this political byplay in the U.S. that's getting the headline attention about whether we will default on the national debt and all that stuff. But the key, of course, being that there's always going to be something else to report about. So even if there were some revelations of UFOs they could not identify, it would be buried in the mix, as they say, in the music business, and eventually it would disappear. So this is what's happening. They'll just present UFO conferences and put us to sleep. Here's here's the thing. I I would say I'm just going to agree to disagree with you on one point, okay? Back in the 50s, 60s, 70s, until recently, that would be true. It would just, someone come up, it would be buried, no one would look, no one would ever see it. But these days, 
There are people out there looking for you know scoops all the time, and there are people out there leaking stuff all the time. You can't keep a secret anywhere. And if someone went through you know the documentation of these you know boring congressional hearings and finds out, hey, you know they found something in the New Mexico desert they can't identify. Believe me, that would be on that be on CNN and every other news network and within the hour. Yeah. So, well, you know, one thing is, so you've got um, your show. Um, if deals, uh, it's uh, Mac Maloney's Military X Files. So, I'm assuming you get a lot of military listeners, and you know, are you hearing uh, military personal personnel's experiences, or well, first of all, their opinion on this investigation, and then you know, maybe we can go into some of their experiences. Mm-hmm. We um, we actually have um, military people on uh, as co-hosts. Um, two of the guys, um, one of them. Uh, a guy named Agent X um, worked for Army Counterintelligence for um, two years in Berlin as a lieutenant colonel undercover. Uh, another one of the guys uh, um, did a lot of secret missions in Iraq for a military contractor during the Iraq War, um, and and they also have connections too. And so the stories, the, the most of the stories that we hear uh, from. You know, let's say the officer corps or whatever. We just ask them about their experiences, especially if they're pilots, because we always say, you know, pilots are the best um, people to identify a UFO. Because when you're flying up there, you see everything. You know, you see the moon, you see Venus, you see this, you see that. And when you see something that you don't know what it is, that's a UFO. And um, so we talk to guys, uh, people like that, airline pilots, um, but also people. Just we encourage people just to who were in the service, may have seen a UFO, and, and, and may have been told by higher authority not to talk about it. We've got more with Mac Maloney, and we've got, of course, the one, the only Kurt Collins as our guest co-host, and we'll have more coming. You're in the Paracast. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. I had no idea it would destroy my life. But before it happened, I had a successful business in Austin, Texas. Everyone laughed at me when I shut that business down, but I could not ignore the wake-up call. I was volunteering on a project to get locally grown food into a school. That project was a complete failure, and I discovered that there were few local farmers, there's only four days' worth of food in the grocery stores, and everything comes 1,500 miles via a just-in-time trucking system. 
I lost friends and family who told me I was crazy to worry about that, but I kept at it. I'm Marjorie Wildcraft. Those of us who know what's going on in the world know you need to become self-reliant before the dollar collapses. I've created a free webinar at GCNfood.com. I can show you, like I've shown hundreds of thousands of people, how to grow lots of food, even if you have no experience, you're older, or you're out of shape. Do it now, before the stores are boarded up and food is not available at any price. Go to GCNfood.com. GCNfood.com. No matter how large or small your digging project may be, no matter how urban or rural, you must always call 811 before any digging project. 811 is our national one-call number, alerting your local utility companies to come out and mark any lines they have near your dig site. So before you do this or this, make sure you do this. For digging projects big or small, make the call to 811, brought to you by Common Ground Alliance. Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Wallach, veterinarian and naturopathic physician. The Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy with an important message. Take charge of your health. Do not continue to blindly follow the system that has failed us all. I appreciate GCN listeners because you're open-minded and intelligent. If our system is so great, why is it that the United States, the USA, ranks nearly 60th worldwide in longevity and number one in obesity? All the while, we spend more money than all the other countries combined annually on unnecessary health care procedures and toxic drugs. It doesn't take much to get on track, not with the government or pharmaceutical companies, but rather you in control of your own health with a basic understanding of nutrition and supplementation. FDI Longevity has the finest quality health, sports, and energy supplements available. GCN listeners are invited to join our team of people who want to stay healthy well into old age. We are currently looking for specialists to represent FDI Longevity and save America. To buy products at wholesale prices or join our business team, go to GCNteam.com. That's GCNteam.com. Support GCN. Get healthy. G'day, I'm Jamel that works with Dr. Joel Wallach and the GCN team with Longevity at teamg'day.com. By becoming an associate, you provide income for you and your family on your own hours while working from home. So contact me, Jamel, by filling in the contact box at teamg'day.com and I will get back to you personally and provide all the support you need to get started and build your Longevity business. Teamg'day.com. Teamg'day.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Okay, Mac Maloney is here. And he, by the way, has that radio show we mentioned, Mac Maloney's Military X-Files. Don't you think, Mac, then when military people report a UFO or any strange thing, we really, really have to give them pretty high credibility compared to your I or someone. Right. Yes. Especially, you know, if they're pilots or something, you know, along those lines. And um, another thing, too, along those lines we do on the show is we've been encouraging this for a while. I don't know how long it was, something like this would take or whether it's even possible. But what we would like to do is have the Pentagon or somebody just declare amnesty for any person in the service who saw a UFO and was told by higher authority, you're going to lose your pension if you say anything. If you gave blanket amnesty to all these people, you would have a tidal wave of new information about UFOs, UFO sightings, and so on and so forth. And that's the, how you solve the UFO problem. You solve it scientifically. 
And the way you solve it scientifically is you get as much data as possible, and then you dive into it, and you try to figure out what it is. This would be a whole huge new library of um, inst uh, incidents that these people, uh, you know, encountered. I think it should be done. Why not? You know, uh, they shouldn't have been threatened with losing their pension in the first place because that's illegal. So maybe someday that will happen. And I think that'd be cool if it did. Have the people that you've talked to uh, told personal stories of, of been being silent, stuff like that? You know, how widespread do you think it might be? To tell you the truth, I don't think it's widespread at all. I think it's happened. Um, I know a uh, a story um, happened to a member of my family who was in the Air Force during the Vietnam War, but this incident took place in Charleston, South Carolina, um, at an Air Force base down there. They were working on an F-4 Phantom late at night because it was cooler that way. Uh, he was a uh, tech sergeant in charge of a ground crew, and he said this thing just came right down, right on top of them, and he says it, it was a flying saucer, and he, he says now I know why they call them flying saucers, came right down on top of them, very luminous uh, they were so uh, kind of shaken they hid underneath the, the plane and finally this thing uh, flew away, so he, he told me later that he made the mistake of you know, telling higher authority, and what they did was um, they separated them, there were four of them and they separated them, put them in three different uh, four different rooms uh, for three days, um, you know, no one came in and beat them up or gave them drugs or probed them or anything. They just came in and asked them the same questions over and over and over until uh, my friend finally said, you know, we woke up and we realized, you know, they just are going to keep doing this until we finally say, you know, we didn't really see anything. So in the end, what they did was they signed these documents that said that they saw a reentry vehicle from Cape Canaveral, which is you know, still pretty far away from Charleston, South Carolina, but they just wanted to get out of it. They just wanted to get out of it. And I think that's a circumstance that a lot of service people have found themselves in. And they just say, hey, who wouldn't? You have to three or four days, anything. You know, you'll do anything just to get out of there. So that's one tactic we know they use. Um, but, you know, there's got to be other stories out there. There's got to be hundreds of other stories out there. Well, so the... Uh Oh, I, I'd ask earlier. Had you have you gotten feedback from um, your your uh, co-hosts or listeners uh, about the military's perspective on the government's current investigation? You know, mm -hmm. do they do they think it's legitimate? What's their opinion? Good question. Um, they think it's legitimate, but I mean, it's it's legitimate in that they set these things up. But you know, what they are doing, they know. You know, better than all of us, you know, if you're deep in the military and if you spent a lot of time in the military, you know, you come to know that the military does a certain has a certain way of doing things. And um, I think, you know, flustering people, throwing out disinformation, making stuff boring, uh, you know, misdirection and stuff like that. You know, that's what they do sometimes. And, and that seems to be the case here. And I think that they that they would agree with me uh, on that I, I can tell you an interesting story, though, if, if you give me two minutes. Yeah. Um, so one of the guys on the show, uh, as I said, he was in Army counter, counterintelligence. And then when he left, he went to go work for a subcontractor for uh, the FBI and the CIA. And what he did um, once a year is he would down, go down to Washington where – uh, the government would, or the Pentagon would hold a, like a, like a workshop. 
and there would be representatives there from the State Department and, the, you know, of course, the military and NASA and all of the um, Homeland Security and so on. And they would be given a problem and then they would break out into their groups and come back with solutions to this problem. So he said, for instance, one year he went and uh, you know, I, don't want to, I don't want to give anyone ideas, but, you know, terrorists took over a cruise liner. So what do you do? Well, the military is going to have to have the helicopters and the Homeland Security is going to have to do this. The State Department is going to have to notify our allies, so on and so forth. And this is how these how these things go. So the last one he went to before he retired was the problem was a UFO has crashed in the desert. That was it. What do you do? And, oh, uh, before you go on now, is this based on an actual happening or is this yes. a theoretical? Okay. No, this, no, no, no. This is no, this is quote unquote theoretical. Theoretical, okay? okay? All right. Uh, because everything they dealt with is theoretical, and so was this. Um, but he says he looked around the room, and everyone's jaws were open because this just was not, this was not like them to do this, okay? And he says before, not that he went to all these things every year, but people he knew went to them before. And, and sometimes they predicted events, you know? They, they kind of predicted what was going to happen, and all these people would be, quote, unquote, ready for something to happen. But for this, he says it was crazy. And um, so they went and they went in their workshops and stuff. And at the end, they come out and everyone, a representative from each group gets up and and, and, and gives this, you know, their conclusions. And they said the military guy just got up and said, you know, we would look into it to see if we can weaponize it. Uh, the scientist, one scientist got up and said, we would go, we would see if we could lick it, is how he put it. Yeah. We'd lick it. You know, is it real? That type of thing. Um you know, the State Department would notify, you know, the five Venezuela countries and um, yeah, like that, you know. But but he says it was just such an odd of all the scenarios you're going to come up with. Why would they do that? You know, it, it, it kind of freaked them out a little bit. Wow, that's fascinating. You know, and if uh, do, do you happen to know about what year that would have been? Uh, let's see. Oh, just a range. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm going to say probably 2012 or so. Oh, wow. So it sure would be interesting if there's any paperwork on that. You know, not a couple people that are good at at least asking for government documents. Mm. It would be interesting to know if any of those people were involved in these uh, other, you know, these current programs. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he um, he, he says it, um, it's one of the few things he misses, um, you know, about the job that he used to do. But he also told me now he, this guy was involved in a lot of. You know, real heavy stuff. He was, like I say, a counter spy in Berlin. He was in uh, Sarajevo. He was in Serbia and uh, the, the works. Okay, and not and he has seen many, many things, many, many things. But he says this is the first time in all his experience that anyone ever brought up the subject of UFOs. Let's bring it up right now and take a quick pause with Mac and Gene and Kurt during the Paracast. <laughs> Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today.
Hi, this is Jason Hansen. I'm a former CIA officer and best-selling author on safety and preparedness. The fact is, things are getting downright scary for everyone who's storing their wealth in the banks. We just saw the collapse of three major banks, and I would urge you to consider protecting your wealth ASAP. If even a tiny percentage of Americans attempt to withdraw their savings, we would see a collapse of the entire banking system, sending us into a modern-day Great Depression. Fortunately, there is a way for you to avoid this. It starts with contacting Advantage Gold. If you have an IRA or 401k, Advantage Gold can help convert those paper assets into physical gold and silver. This is the process that I recommend everybody use as a hedge against rapid inflation and to protect your retirement wealth from the banks. Take control of your financial safety today. Call 800-900-8000 to get your free gold investment kit from Advantage Gold. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Consult with your financial advisor before investing. Call 800-900-8000. USA News Update. President Biden has signed legislation to raise the debt ceiling and avert a federal default. Biden formally signed the bill behind closed doors at the White House on Saturday, just days before the Treasury Department warned it would run out of money to pay the nation's bills. Nearly 300 people were killed and more than 1,100 were injured when two passenger trains derailed Friday in eastern India. The prime minister toured the crash site on Saturday and vowed to punish those responsible for the deadly incident. Public drag shows in Tennessee will not be banned by a federal judge. A U.S. district judge overturned the law that was signed in March by Governor Bill Lee. Tropical storm Arlene was downgraded to a tropical depression on Saturday. The first named storm of the Atlantic hurricane season saw its wind speeds drop to 35 miles per hour as it traveled in the Gulf of Mexico. Jerry Barmash, USA News. Have you heard the warning from the dead doctors don't lie guy? I'm talking about Dr. Joel Wallach. He says if you have a four-inch medical chart, if you take prescription drugs for high cholesterol or high blood pressure, arthritis, joint pains, or other health issues, the medical profession is failing you. They're using you for an ATM machine. That's what he says. He has a free lecture revealing what pharmaceutical companies don't want you to know. There's been groundbreaking research and discoveries on how to effectively treat or eliminate over 900 different diseases naturally. And it's all in his free lecture called Deadly Recipe. You want it free? Call him toll-free at 855-79-YOUNG. You ready? 855-79-YOUNG. Dr. Joel Wallach, the dead doctors don't lie guy says there's no reason why we shouldn't live to be at least 100 and have a great time getting there. It's all too obvious. We're being let down by the institutions we used to trust. American families are talking about a future of food shortages, banks failing, society breaking down, and what seems like the setup for the apocalypse. But instead of throwing up their hands, folks are leaning into self-reliance, investing in emergency food storage now more than ever. And My Patriot Supply, the nation's largest emergency preparedness company, has made it easier than ever for you to have peace of mind knowing you're prepared. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and stock up on their best-selling three-month emergency food kit. You get tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Get at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200 plus get free shipping on three-month emergency food kits at MyPatriotSupply.com. It's time to prepare for what we all know is coming. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com now. 
MyPatriotSupply.com. This is Micah Hanks of the Gray Alien Report, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Okay, Mac Maloney, I interrupted you because I'm very rude. How that works. Go on, please. Well, um, you know, that surprised him that, you know, that they would put together one of these workshops, which is a, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a large endeavor. You have to get like, I think about 40 people there, bring them to some place or a weekend, put them up, feed them, you know, water them. So they don't take these things lightly. And then everyone has to go back and report to their uh, superiors about these things. So, you know, this exercise in what do we do if a UFO crashes just surprised a lot of them. And and they wondered if, you know, once again, always people always think, you know, is this how they set us up? You know, are they setting us up for something that's happened or is going to happen or, you know, who knows? It leaves more questions than answers, I think. So, I want to, you know, we mentioned uh, Major Donald Kehoe briefly. Before he got into the UFO business, he wrote Aviation Adventure for Flying Aces and other pulp magazines. Mm-hmm. So your work has been described in your Wingman novel series as modern pulp fiction. What do you think of that characterization? And, you know, what are your similarities and differences from Major Kehoe? <laughs> uh, I, I love that title. I love that description because that's just what it is. You know, I've been actually writing the wingman series since the 80s i just completed uh wingman 22 and uh never in a million years would i have thought back in the 80s that i'd be doing number 22 i didn't think i'd be doing number three or four if anyone is familiar with the series um it's basically a comic book uh written as a as a paperback and 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 like a movie too uh nothing ever slows down a lot of jet fighters fighting each other it's it's like the pilot's the jet fighters are like hot rods, you know, to James Dean and those guys. They all have their own fighter jet, and it's all painted, you know, the way they want and stuff. And um, so it's like having a hot rod, except they're jet fighters. So I don't know about, about this series. Okay. So obviously it's larger than life, but you know, do, does your work involve any uh, science fiction and UFO and paranormal concepts? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The uh, I. I forgot to answer the second part of your first question is uh, Major Kehoe was the first book I ever read about UFOs was his um, was was one of his books. And I can still remember reading it uh, to this day. I have it. I have a copy of it and I've written uh, stuff about it. He was a very interesting guy where he, he this guy is a major in the Marines. OK, and and he basically turns on the Pentagon in the 50s and say, you know, listen, this something's going on here. And um and they ignored him. But all of his books have such in-depth researched incidents that um, when I wrote the UFO books that I did write, UFOs in Wartime and Beyond Area 51, I wanted to write in that in that style, you know, just the facts, ma'am, you know, just the facts and no noise. So uh, so so anyway, he's one of my he's one of my favorite writers. Um, one thing about Kehoe, of course, as you probably recall. He was also a fiction writer. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Earl. Yeah. He did pulp fiction for magazines and stuff like that. Mm, yep. And I remember yep. his books having that characteristic, very breezy style, lots of mm-hmm. quotations and everything. Of course, he made up the quotations for the most part, 
mm-hmm. because in those days we didn't have a cassette recorder mm-hmm. to take it around. Right. I met Kehoe several times. Oh, wow, huh? That's cool. I interviewed uh, him once for one of these now-departed supermarket tabloids. This is back in the 70s. And they were supposed to pay me, what, a few hundred dollars for the article. And this is back in the 70s when a few hundred dollars was real money. And about a week before they were supposed to issue the checks, the magazine or newspaper folded. So, of course, the money never came. Which means, of course, if I ever find the manuscript, nobody yeah. has rights to it except me. It's yours, I wasn't right? paid for it. So I might post it on the Paracast or something. We'll see. Mm-hmm. One of the uh, incidents in one of his books is my favorite UFO incident of all time. And this is the, uh, the Gander sighting, where he uh, tells about this Navy airplane that I think in 1957... It's a it's a it's a military version of this um, constellation, which was a propeller airplane back then, and um, uh, they were flying uh, from they're flying uh, officers from all military all four military branches home for Christmas. So it was like December twentieth or something. They, they've they've stopped in Iceland and now they're going to stop in Gander, Newfoundland to uh, fuel up again and then go down to Pax River, and that's where the end of the flight is. So. They're flying over the ocean, and they have the regular air crew, but in the back, because they're flying these people home for Christmas, there's like about a dozen, or maybe not a dozen, but there's about nine or ten pilots or air crews. That's what they do in the military. So they're flying along, and they look down, and they see these circles below them of lights, very bright lights, gathering, and at the time, they had navigators in those planes, and, and the navigator thought that he had messed up and that they were actually over a city because it was that bright. But then, you know, they did checks uh, with Ganda, uh, the, the airbase in Gander and so on, and they determined, no, there was still about an hour and a half uh, over the ocean before they made it to land. So they're looking at these things, and when, when they were right over them, they, the, the air crew asked for any pilots in the back to please come up to the cockpit and help them identify what's going on. So when that happens, now everyone, Yeshua, is looking out the windows of this airplane. One of these circles comes up, and the next thing, next thing they know, they were about a mile high, okay, or a couple miles high, 10,000 feet. This thing came up and was beside them instantaneously. And all these air crew people are seeing it, and they know they know this is not this is not Venus. This isn't swamp gas. This is something crazy and this thing just is enormous and it just paces them for about a minute and then boom it's gone so the plane calls ahead to Ganda and they say did you see something and they said we did see something you know kind of flying along with you two blips on the screen so they get to Ganda uh, and everyone tells this this story then they put on the plane they fly down to Pax River so one of the guys the, actually the co-pilot of the no the pilot of the plane itself he's you know, at the end of his mission, and, you know, he he's, uh, just goes home. He's off duty. He gets a, a knock at the door, and a guy comes in, and he's some scientist, and he has a big uh, binder of pictures, and he says, go through that and show me which one you saw. And the guy goes through it in their photographs, and he finally finds one. He says, that's the one exactly. That's it. And the guy says, okay, thanks. And he says, no, wait a minute. What, what's going on here? He says, I can't tell you, and boom, he's gone. And there's just so many elements of that story 
from a military point of view that makes sense, you know, that it can't be made up. It can't be stretched. Something happened. They had a lot of really great witnesses. Wow. If the, the whole <laughs> if we could find that book of mug shots, that would be something. Mm-hmm. Well, that just proves they know the military knows UFOs exist, but I'm convinced they do not know what they are. They don't know any more about them than we do. They have more evidence they exist because they have films and they have you know photographs, as we know, and eyewitnesses and you know among military pilots and astronauts and so on. But I don't think I think they're just as baffled as we are. That would be, I suppose, a good reason for the military not to want to say anything. They don't want to say, well, we don't know, because that's number one. It addresses the preparedness of the military. Well, they should be aware and should right. be able to protect this country. And if they don't know what's going on, how can they protect us? Could be a matter of ego on the part of the leadership. How could we admit that we don't know anything? We have to know everything, don't we? Right. See, that's why it's so strange that they came out, you know, after the Tic Tac thing happened, that the Navy actually came out and said, yes, these videos are real. And yes, we have no idea what they are. I mean, they they just threw, you know, 50 years of disinformation down the down the drain by saying that by avoiding all those views, by saying we don't know. And all of a sudden they said that we we don't think they exist to say we don't know what they are. It's a huge leap. And I, I was wondering, why are they doing that? That leap may be one of the reasons why. They're trying to change things now and say, yeah, we can see what they are with further investigation. Mac, Gene, and Kurt, you're in. The Paracast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream, a dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the protectors find out more at rockoids.com that's rockoids r-o-c-k-o-i-d-s dot com complement your health with hemp derived cannabinoid oil we've always believed that the closer to earth the better it is for our bodies our hemp derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid rich full spectrum and organically grown finally hemp made easy clean and effective GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right. We cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. 
Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions. Silverlungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs generator and lung delivery system at Silverlungs.com. That's Silverlungs.com. My name is Don Wiskin, and at 42 years old, I suffered a massive heart attack, lost 35% of my heart to damaged tissue, and was supposed to spend the rest of my life on disability. What did I do? I took Extendivite, a garlic and cayenne mix of seven herbs which rebuilt my heart and gave me back my life. For over 17 years now, I have made this formula available to you, so you don't have to suffer the same thing I did. Clean your blocked arteries and strengthen your heart and boost your natural immune system. I'm 60 years old now and I still work every day. To get your Extendivite, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com. Extendivite is only $69.95 for a two-month supply of either capsules or liquid. Extend your life with If you're concerned about the power grid and want to generate your own supply of off-grid electricity, this will be the most important message you'll hear this year. Here's why. We now have a small number of solar generators back in stock. These emergency backup systems provide life-saving backup power when you need it most. And unlike gas generators, solar generators run quietly, emit no dangerous fumes, and produce an endless supply of free electricity from the sun. Whether it's wildfires, dangerous weather, power grid issues, or just getting off the grid, you'll never have to suffer through painful power outages again. Even better, all this week, radio listeners get over $700 in free off-the-grid bonuses, too. Go to MySolarBackup.com to learn more and check availability. That's MySolarBackup.com. Look for the free report, Crisis Cooling, how to make absolutely sure your meat, milk, and medicines stay safe and cool in any power outage. Yours free at MySolarBackup.com. This is Jerome Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. So would that explain the greater emphasis now, Mac, on trying to debunk everything? Well, they don't want to really admit that people have seen things they can't explain. It's just, well, on further investigation, thus and so. Well, yeah, they're already kind of like, as I said before, they're already kind of flim-flamming us with just like a lot of noise that, you know, when you add it up at the end of the day, really doesn't say anything, you know, and, and you, it, it, they, I think they literally changed the name of the office three times. And it's all these like crazy names. Like it, it seems <laughs> like, you know, something in one of my books that, you know, the, the, the acronyms that they come up with. And, and you want to say, well, you're doing this, you know, what else are you doing? Nothing. You know, you're supposed to report the American people every 90 days, what you have found out. And I don't think they, if they've done it, it's been under my radar, you know. It was reminds me of something that that I read about the Soviets and, and the way to to you know if you infiltrated an enemy and you wanted to to undercut them, you you started doing things like 
every decision had to be made by a committee Mm -hmm. and so forth. And, you know, a version of that is there's a slogan that goes something like ineptitude and sabotage. It's sometimes it's hard to tell them apart. (laughs) Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, that's so true. You know, how true is that? So in in your books, you've you've talked about them before on the show, but, you know, they each had a a different focus. So um, beyond Area 51, I'm sure it has a lot to deal with the area of military secrecy. Mm -hmm. And so can you tell us a little bit about the things you know, if if UFOs aren't at Area 51, what's hidden there and where is the good stuff? Right. Um, well, you know, that's what the whole book is about, is like kind of find where the good stuff is at uh, military base, you know, secret bases around the world uh, that aren't Area 51. You know, when you think about it, Area 51 isn't really a very well-kept secret. Everyone in the world knows about it, you know. But there are certainly other places out there in the United States and around the world that are um, less well-known, let's say. And uh, that's what the book is about, is just um, you know chapters on all these like strange little places. There's a place up near um, Reno, Nevada called Tonopah. And it's an air base, World War II air base, out in the middle of like nowhere. And um, everyone who works there, um, there you, I don't think you can leave the base unless you have you know a- absolute permission. And, and what, they, what they do there is they test secret weapons. That's where the stealth fighter flew for 10 years without anyone knowing about it. They flew it at night, and they did a, went through all these kind of different countermeasures. But now people say you go over that place, and what they do is they have a lot of Soviet equipment out on the runways. It's almost like they're, they're giving the finger to the Soviet, uh, to the Russian satellites, you know. But the strange thing about that place is, and I think we deal with maybe about 25 different bases and places around the world, the same thing about Tonopah is it has no UFO history. Every other base that we study, a place we study, has some kind of UFO history except Tonopah. And in a, in a way, it's, it's our most secret base. And it has no UFOs around it, which I think is very strange. It is. Yeah, because, uh, you know, the legend is that the military bases and especially the, the ones that involve nuclear material are mm-hmm. magnets for UFOs. Absolutely. So. Yep. All our, all our Minutemen bases, ICBM bases out in the Midwest and the West, uh, you know, have, have long histories of uh, UFOs uh, showing up uh, at different times. Um, the Navy's. Area 51 um, is in the Bermuda Triangle, believe it or not. As crazy as that sounds, the the Navy's Area 51 is a place called Autech. I think it's Atlantic Undersea Technology something something. And it's on one of the Bahamian Islands right in the middle of the Bermuda Triangle. And what they do there is um, there's a trench between Florida and the Bahamas that goes down very deep, and so when you're testing out new stuff on the on nuclear submarines, you can just do it there. And there's all kinds of there's, there's all kinds of equipment on land that, and with these monstrous wires that go down into the trench, so on and so forth. And 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 I'm sure that's what they use it for. However, this place has so many uh, sonar uh, applications and also radar applications that these people in the Bahamas at Autech can hear the propellers of a Russian beer bomber going over Norway. Think about that for a second. Okay, they can hear propellers over Norway and they're in the Bahamas. That's how sensitive their stuff is. Now, take that uh, idea with the fact that down in their area is, it has, you could write volumes and volumes of UFO instances down uh, right in that area, Florida, 
Bahamas and so on. Lots of people see uh, U- USOs, you know, UFOs under the water. Lots of UFO activity. Lots of witnesses. Yet the people at Artec said, you know, we never say we never see anything. We never see any of this stuff. So you have to ask your question: well, why? Number one, either they're lying because these are the people who can hear a propeller off the coast of Norway, or they're hearing this stuff and they're um, either their equipment doesn't work or they're lying. I got to believe they're lying. And it just so happens that they are in a place where there's a lot of UFO activity. Um, Homestead Air Force Base down in Florida, which is no longer there. Lots of UFO activity there. This place is in Scotland and in England uh, and in Russia that, you know, at sometimes a year or sometimes, you know, they're just kind of like, um, not routine, but kind of routine that they show up. Uh so anyway, but always above these secret bases, and the only place that we could not find any kind of UFO history was uh, above Tonoba uh, Air Base, and as I said before, I think that might be the most secret base of all. So, well, did you draw any conclusions? Because you know, the, the one that I would jump to is that that it's it's uh, censored or cleansed. You know, mm-hmm. they just well, don't want it talked about. Well, that's the funny thing. That's what I thought, too. I think, well, of course, they're not going to say anything about UFOs being over this place. But the strange thing is, is that Tonopah, which is which is near Reno. So it's like halfway, you know, kind of in the middle of Nevada, um, north of Area 51, north of Vegas, um, that that it's the if, if you're a uh, amateur astronomer, uh, that's your pilgrimage. You go to Tonopah because it's supposed to have the clearest skies in the whole United States. So, so yep, here they are calling now. So the thing is, is that, you know, uh, wouldn't some of those astronomers see UFOs over Tonopah? But all they do is see clear skies and they have for like, you know, uh, decades. So I, I don't know. I, I wish I could. I wish I had the answer to it, but I don't. It's just like a weird thing. Yeah. And. What do you think about all these rumors that from the very beginning, people suggested UFOs? Okay, well, that's a secret military weapon. And then later on, we have things like the Aurora and Black Triangles. So, you know, in any subject, there's the reality and then there's the myth that's built around it. So where do you think there might be a nugget of reality in there? Well, I think, you know, like when, what we try to do on our show is we try to, you know, just just put, you know, try to go way through all the BS and just kind of get to, you know, what really happened, that type of thing. And so let's take black triangles for a moment. Uh, we talk about them a lot on our show. And I do know, we do know that back in the uh, late 90s, early 2000s, and, and they still might have this technology, but back then, somebody, the CIA, the Air Force, had this technology where they uh, had these blimps, and they were black triangle blimps, and they had photosensors on the bottom, on their bottom, on the bottom of the, um, uh, no, uh, excuse me, on the top of the blimp, which would recreate on the bottom of the blimp an exact copy of what was happening above. So in other words, if one of these blimps is flying uh, over your house on a very starry night, you don't see it. You see like this kind of movie, continuous movie of the stars 
above it as this thing kind of goes by. Do you know what I mean? To see how it, it makes yeah. itself invisible. Yeah. So uh, they had they they we know that they had those, and I think that people that people that see black triangles now, I think that they are those aircraft. But powered. I think that they're not blimps just floating around. I think they're. I think they're somehow powered blimps, because when people see them, you know, they say they change. They can change speeds differently. They fly differently than an airplane. Uh, sometimes they're flying. They're, they're barely moving at all. But, but sometimes they're moving. You know, at, at a good pace. So that's what I think the black triangles are. And I and I also think they have a smaller version of them. And. You know, there's no. You don't have to look very far at that drone program to come up with triangle shapes. That seems right. to be a, a popular one. Yep. Yep. For sure. You know, and probably a lot of things that people see don't have any pilots in them. You know, not anymore. You know, they're all, they're probably robot driven or just unmanned. Well, you can almost say the same thing for possible alien visitors. They wouldn't actually have living beings come, just the robotic ones. We've got more to come with Mac, Gene, and Kurt. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. These are the sounds of someone taking their eyes off the road. Texting while driving is more than distracting. It's dangerous. Do yourself a favor. Do us all a favor. When you're on the road, stay off the phone. A message from CTIA. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now... Here's Gene Steinberg. What do you think, Mac? Do you think that if we have aliens amongst us, that even when we see creatures around the alleged UFOs, 
they are really just robots? Mm. No, no, you know, I mean, anything is possible. I just don't, I, I don't buy into the idea that aliens walk among us, though, because I think at some point, you know, with some of the stories I've heard, uh, um, you know, people that we've interviewed on the show, yeah, there seem to be like, you know, thousands and thousands of these aliens, you know, walking around among us. And I think just at some point, one of them would get hit by a bus or something. <laughs> and uh, you know what I mean? And you'd you'd say, wow, this guy isn't human. So I think that would happen. I think that someone would would become friends with them and then, you know, spit it all to um, you know, TMZ or something. Right. Uh, but I just you know what? You're assuming then that aliens would, if they are amongst us, would be different. They'd look different. They'd sound different. Their DNA, if we check their DNA, would be different. Mm-hmm. And that may not be true. It's possibly a race of hybrids where they look human and their genetic characteristics are engineered in such a way that, at least unless you check real carefully, you would think they're human beings. And so if they're killed mm-hmm. due to an accident or they die, it wouldn't be anything suspicious. I, I always wonder, too, why would they be here? Why would they come here? I mean, this this planet is screwed up, man. You know, I mean, uh, why would you come here? Maybe that we're so screwed up that we've become a point of entertainment. Well, Maybe well we if, if it's their entertainment, then screw them, you know? <laughs> yeah. uh, well, okay, so one thing that sort of fits both of you guys' ideas about the planet is, so maybe we're somebody's, uh, we started off as a penal colony, and they, every once in a while they check in, dump the trash, and have a laugh. Well, yeah, I mean, we've gone a, a long way. If we were a penal colony, we've gone a long way since, you know, and the, and, the, and, the, and the prisons would have to be like the cavemen or something. Think of what this planet would be like if there were no humans on it. It would be paradise from top to bottom. You know, it would. Then I could see them coming here. But I think the way we are, if there's someone looking in on us, I think they're doing it. I don't know. I mean, we, we, in one of the books, we talk about that UFOs might be just time travelers. You know, they might be just time tourists from our distant future coming back and seeing history being made because so many of them show up during wars as in UFOs in wartime. You know, um, then someone would say, well, how come there wouldn't be 20 million people at a Shakespeare play or the crucifixion or something? And, you know, then, then you really get into kind of murky stuff. But, you know, it might be just simple as that, you know. I just don't get this idea that all these people are walking. And what are they doing? What are they doing? Are they run on the airlines or something? I, I, I don't know what they'd be doing. You know, there is a scientist, Dr. Gary Nolan, who's a professor at Stanford University, who's been going around saying, yes, E.T. is here. Well, where's the proof? He thinks that, you know, what I really can't differentiate is because he he talks about phenomena, this and that, and mm-hmm. doesn't differentiate with, you know, if it's UFO related or what. But he claims that he and his colleague, uh, Dr. Christopher Green, have found, I'm sure it's over 100 patients from military sources and military related that have had changes in their brain that can be documented. Mm. I'm not sure that I believe that the interpretation of the data is correct, but he believes that, and that's the basis for some of his claims. He thinks there's a UFO connection to all these uh, people? Sure, and one of those would be um, John Burroughs from um, the uh, Bentwaters case, the Rendlesham case. Oh, right, yeah, sure, yep, yep. 
Well, you know, I mean, one thing we, on our show, we never, ever, ever get political, ever, and I don't want to here either, but just the reality of it, the last person to occupy the White House, if someone came to him and said, we know what UFOs are, he would have tweeted it in 10 <laughs> seconds, right? And he didn't, yeah. and he didn't, you know? And he's the type of guy he would love to be the president that revealed, hey, UFOs are this or that, all right? And you know he asked them. So they don't know. They don't know. Well, yeah, what's interesting about that, Phil, is back in the 2016 campaign, Hillary Clinton said on several late-night TV shows and elsewhere that if she was elected, she'd look further into the UFO mystery. Was John Podesta, one of the Clinton aides, Right. He's very interested in UFOs and wrote the forward to Leslie Kane's book on the subject. I would have thought that with the other guy saying, lock her up, lock her up, lock her up, he would have jumped at the opportunity to say how crazy Hillary was. Crazy Hillary, he'd say. And he didn't. He didn't mention it. Isn't that strange? No, uh, yeah. I don't know if he uh, thinks that deeply or not, to tell you the truth, about that subject or, or others. But I can tell you a story about Bill Clinton, uh, if take a couple minutes. So there's a place in in Russia called Kapustinya, and it's basically the Russians' combination of Cape Canaveral and Area 51. They launch a lot of their rockets, you know, orbital satellites and spy rockets and stuff like that from there. And they also have a lot of uh, secret um, stuff going on there. And it, and they also store a lot of their nuclear weapons there. Anyway, in the uh, late 80s, there was this incident there where a flying saucer came down, UFO right on top of like one of their nuclear storage sites and then moved over to where they kept the airplanes. It was in sight for about 30 minutes. About 20 people saw it, guards and offices and stuff. It happened in the middle of the night. And, and this is back before the Soviet Union had disappeared. Uh, the the KGB actually came down there and they and they interviewed these guys or they you know, interrogated these witnesses right and you just figure no one's going to lie to the KGB right so you have to really kind of think that what what they came up with was true and they just said a lot of people just saw this flying saucer there it was there it, it went away it came back it hovered and so on so uh, not too long after that one of um, Nelson Rockefeller's brothers. I forget his first name, but, you know, he has as much money as Nelson Rockefeller did back then. He paid uh, a couple of researchers, like about $200,000 to look into this, you know, ex exactly what happened at this place, because the Russians let them in to, you know, do their uh, research. And and then they, they uh, put together a report, gave it to him, and he handed it to Clinton. Clinton had only been president for about, I don't think, even a year. And there's actual photographs of him handing it to Clinton, but no photograph of Clinton thrown in the wastebasket, you know. Um, but that did happen. That's that's was that, to that guy, to that to Rockefeller, who, you know, he had other places to spend his money. He was just so convinced that, you know, finally, here we have this UFO incident with so many really good witnesses uh, that he, you know, paid to look into it for him. Yeah, the, the Clintons were obviously interested in UFOs. And, of course, the, uh, you know, the, the Roswell report that resulted from the president's request to look into it is reviled. But, you know, and mm -hmm. that's, 
I guess that's one warning we should have when the government gets involved in, in UFOs. You know, I personally am much more interested in the, the individual research and, you know, things that are not government sponsored. I think we stand a better chance of getting good results there. Yeah, from, yeah, from uh, like from the private sector. I, I don't think, you know, I think that that, you know, that the um secret behind ufos i think at some point we're going to find out what it is you know we mean civilization but i don't think it's going to come from america boys i think it's going to come from china or possibly india i think they're because their scientists especially now china they don't carry this stigma around with them you know where in this country if you ask for money from a grant then that's how these people make their money if you ask it for UFO related, you're not going to get it. You know, if you ask it for, you know, separating three atoms from two, you'll get it. But in China, you don't have that, that stigma attached to it. You know, if you can find something out, here's the money. Same thing in India. Right? You know, there's billions of people starving, yet they put a lot of, they put money into researching, you know, things we don't know about. So if there's a breakthrough, and I don't see that happening in this country. If there's a breakthrough, I, I I hate to say it. I hope I'm wrong, but I don't think it's going to be from the USA. We've got more to come with Mac and Gene and Kurt. You're in the Paracast. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about after the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. If you're concerned about the power grid and want to generate your own supply of off-grid electricity, this will be the most important message you'll hear this year. Here's why. We now have a small number of solar generators back in stock. These emergency backup systems provide life-saving backup power when you need it most. And unlike gas generators, solar generators run quietly, emit no dangerous fumes, and produce an endless supply of free electricity from the sun. Whether it's wildfires, dangerous weather, power grid issues, or just getting off the grid, you'll never have to suffer through painful power outages again. Even better, all this week, radio listeners get over $700 in free off-the-grid bonuses, too. Go to MySolarBackup.com to learn more and check availability. That's MySolarBackup.com. Look for the free report, Crisis Cooling, how to make absolutely sure your meat, milk, and medicines stay safe and cool in any power outage. Yours free at MySolarBackup.com. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I started fighting the IRS over 40 years ago when they tried to seize my mother's house. I sued the IRS and won. I beat the IRS then, and I've been beating them ever since. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I've helped thousands of people deal with tax problems they thought might never be solved. I can help you too. 
If you owe taxes you can't pay, don't wait another day. There's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. Get healthy, not high, with 100% pure CBD, powerful natural pain relief from Veterans Vitality. GCN listeners, have you ever thought about how CBD may help you? I'm sure you have heard about the many benefits of CBD. Well, here's your opportunity to try before you buy. Created by veterans and for everyone who deserves better choices, our CBD is derived from organic hemp, grown in the USA, and third-party tested. Veterans Vitality CBD saves you as much as 25 to 50% over our competition, and a portion of all sales is contributed to veteran nonprofits and events. Many of our customers have experienced improved quality of life, help with anxiety, PTSD, and overall well-being. Our products do not contain THC. They are safe, non-addictive, effective, and 100% legal. GCN listeners, get your free trial bottle of premium CBD by simply paying shipping and handling at GCNFreeCBD.com. That's GCNFreeCBD.com. Again, GCNFreeCBD.com. Offered by Veterans Vitality Premium CBD. All across the country, people are coming together to speed up what we can learn about health. The All of Us Research Program is calling on one million people to join us as we try to change the future of health. For your family, for future generations, for all of us. Visit joinallofus.org and find out how you can become one in a million. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. As we continue, Kurt Collins had started with a comment, and the clock said, no, don't do that. Clocks don't say that, do they? Kurt, go ahead, please. The Air Force is stated purpose for being interested in flying saucers was that if there was if it represented a technology beyond what we had they wanted to study it exploit it and you know get into the business themselves so and weaponize it mm-hmm. that's you know as as you know my friend told me about you know that workshop he went to he says that's all the military guys that's all they cared about that's all they had to care about you know that's they basically said you know we, we would study it we would see if it had weapons and then we would do what we could to, you know, reproduce those weapons. They've tried a few times. We know without apparently without having the the actual model. You know, the 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 Avro car was a a disaster that was you know spent many years and millions of dollars, which mm-hmm. built a, a, a lopsided hover car. It was all that came out of that. Right. But, you know, it, it's according to Ben Rich's biography, he said, you know, they did consider for the stealth craft a, a flying saucer shape, but couldn't mm-hmm. find, couldn't make it stable. So, you right. know, there, there have actually been attempts by, you know, serious attempts by engineers to, to build the craft. But as far as we know, they haven't really made a go of it. Right. You know, I mean, a, a saucers, um, there are better aer- aerodynamic shapes than a than a saucer but i think but i'll tell you these days you know the way that like the f-22 and the f-35 the way they fly they fly you know by the pilot really isn't flying the plane computers are flying the plane and if the pilot turns the stick left you know that's 
down the computer to turn the airplane left. But but the you know the flaps and the air on they're just going all the time. They're going all the time to to maintain a stable flight. And I'm wondering if these days if they could do that to a saucer. If a saucer has some kind of an advantage to it, I don't know. Maybe it'll be like a delivery drone or something like that. You know. Yeah. It, it's a shape that, you know, at least if you're looking at it sideways, it's got a low profile. It's, you know, yeah, true. Yep. So, you know, there's some things like that. But spinning on another turn, you know, we talked about how there's always, you know, some truth and there's there's the legend. You know, I, I think every art museum probably has a few counterfeits hanging mm-hmm. in it. So, um, you know, you talked about the, the Kehoe case that, that you liked. But what are some of the UFO legends that you think, you know, you say you didn't think, uh, you know, that we were overpopulated by aliens. So what are some of the things like maybe a Bob Lazar or Nazi technology? What are some of the, the phonies that you think are, are doing no good whatsoever? OK. All right. I don't want to be the, the guy at the party, you know, but I don't I don't believe anything happened at Roswell. And and I can tell you why, but just real quick, I'll tell you the one the one fraud that really gets me is the Nazi technology fraud. And you know, I know why people do it. It's they can write books about it and they can give lectures about it and on shows about it and so on. But you just have to just remember two or three things. Okay, in 1943-44. The Germans had the only jet fighter at the time. It's called the ME-262. Everybody else was flying uh, powered planes. This jet could go fast. It could do all these things. But the Germans were so low on just basic building stuff that the cockpit of the ME-262 was made of plywood because they couldn't afford to put anything else in there. When you look at some of the planes that, that they when they ended the war, some of the planes that they were putting together were just, it, it, it's like, you know, a, a madman did them. They ran out of stuff. They were making, they were making suicide planes out of, out of plywood. So what, what I'm trying to say is that there you are, you know, just barely hanging on and finally losing the law. How could you, if you had alien help, if you had all this like crazy Nazi technology with sauces and time machines and bells and all this stuff, why did you lose the law? You know, that raises an interesting issue here because there have been claims over the years of advanced scientific achievements in Germany during or before World War II. And of course, we have all those German scientists who went to the USSR and also to the USA that obviously had certain achievements. So I kind of wonder about that. You know, I mean, you said it, you know, the, the German scientists that we took, you know, Werner Braun Braun and, and those guys who uh, surrendered to us, the West, you know, the other people who put us on the moon. So if people say, hey, there's a Nazi conspiracy to put the USA on the moon, they're absolutely right, because that's where the technology came from. That's where the know-how came from, from these Nazi scientists, is the whole paperclip, Operation Paperclip and so on. It just bothers me that people, you know, want to glorify uh, the Nazis. I mean... You know, I'll pr- I should probably stop there, but I mean, just 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 think about it for a second. If you had alien help, you had all this stuff. You had a base in Antarctica, or a base on the moon. You're talking to aliens, 44 light years away. Why would you lose the war? Why wouldn't you just kick ass and take over the world? So I don't believe that. But just real quick, get to Roswell. If you look at the debris found in Roswell, what they barely, what they never mentioned, uh, and uh, someone uh, who was on a show actually showed it to me, is that there was rope. 
uh, found in the debris field. And there was also Mila. It was uh, Mila was just at that time just kind of a new invention, and and basically that's what was made up. That's what made up these sonic balloons that um, that the U.S. was sending uh, uh, up into this you know, high stratosphere uh, to see if they could hear. They were basically they basically went up with microphones to see if they could hear the Russians um, ex- uh, detonating nuclear bombs. And now, what's interesting to me here about this is that one of the possible suspects for Roswell were possible Project Mogul balloons. But then researchers like Kevin Randall went around and said, well, they didn't have any balloons scheduled for that period of time. And besides, the troops there would know what they were, and there would be no mystery about it. Um, well, um, I guess, you know, but I, I just don't think that the occupants of a UFO would have rope on board. Well, you said occupants. Well, that's another the key thing. So uh, Major Jesse Marcel, he visited the scene. All he found was the foils and sticks and things like that. Mm. Um, he made no mention of any, nothing to suggest it was manned. And so mm-hmm. for this, you know, and, and later researchers, Friedman and all, all the more and the other people had to come up with a to say, well, that was only part of the craft, the, the occupied yeah. part. It just gets so convoluted and imaginative, it's way beyond belief. Right. I mean, uh, we have a, a, a semi-regular uh, uh, guest on, Dr. Bob Gross from Chicago, and he has, you know, he has a, a, a number of degrees in, um, in like, acoustics and stuff. But he worked for the government um, researching something that, uh, like, came from Mylar. Now, these days we have Mylar balloons, okay? But back then, um, you could actually take a piece of Mylar and pull it and stretch it, and it would go back to its original shape. And and that's what you hear that, you know, people said that this, you know, they have this kind of magical uh, stuff, and it's, it was just something that was just, had been invented, and people didn't know about it. And and you, you mentioned uh, Jesse Marcel. We had Jesse Marcel Jr. on our show, and, and it might have been the last interview that he did. He's hey, a great before guy. we go back into Jesse Marcel Jr., we've got more to come with Mac, Kurt and Gene, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. G'day, I'm Jamel that works with Dr. Joel Wallach and the GCN team with Longevity at TeamG'day.com. By becoming an associate, you provide income for you and your family on your own hours while working from home. So contact me, Jamel, by filling in the contact box at teamgaday.com and I will get back to you personally and provide all the support you need to get started and build your longevity business. Teamgaday.com. Teamgaday.com. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions. SilverLungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs generator and lung delivery system at SilverLungs.com. That's SilverLungs.com. USA.
USA News Update. Rescue teams are searching through for survivors of the deadly train crash in India. Nearly 300 people were killed when two passenger trains derailed on Friday. A crash survivor spoke through an interpreter about the harrowing scene. We were stuck inside and somehow managed to get out. We broke the grills, and when we came out, we saw many dead bodies piled up. Courtesy of Sky News, more than a 1,000 people were injured. I'm Jerry Barmash. A massive fire at a Louisiana oil tank farm triggered evacuations and orders to shelter in place. That fire near Lake Charles yesterday caused massive plumes of black smoke, prompting those evacuations. The first named storm of the Atlantic hurricane season, Arlene, has been downgraded to a tropical depression. Corey Myers, USA News. I need answers to my tax questions. Where can I find them? Need answers? Try our interactive tax assistant on irs.gov forward slash ITA. Simply select your tax questions, provide your information, and it gives you answers. Also, check our help and resources page and try our online tax map. 5,000 tax topics from A to Z. Plus, you can access forms, publications in a variety of formats. We depend on our drinking water supply daily, but where does that water come from? Your water provider encourages you to get to know your local water source so together we can protect and preserve it. The investments we make as a community to protect our water source now ensure we have a sustainable drinking water supply for the future. Visit drinktap.org to learn more. This message is brought to you by the American Water Works Association and your local water provider. Do you need to get your hands on some extra money right now? Maybe $25,000 or more? If you're a homeowner, now is a perfect time to get cash out while homes in many neighborhoods like yours have gone up in value. You can use the money for anything. It's yours. You can buy an investment property, pay off higher interest debt, or make home improvements. If you need $25,000, $50,000, or more, now is the time. Home values are up, and so is your equity. We offer you a way to use it. No need to use your savings. Call New American Funding now and see how much cash out you can get. Call 800-721-2477. 800-721-2477. 800-721-2477. That's 800-721-2477. NMLS 6606, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. This is not an offer or commitment to lend. Subject to borrower and property qualifications. Not all borrowers will qualify. Terms and conditions apply. Equal housing opportunity. Hi, my name is Richard Dolan. You're listening to the Paracast. Just to bring it up to date, we had him on a couple of times on the Paracast over the years. Super guy. He really was a a good guy. He was redrafted when he was 72 or 74 because he was the dentist. And he went over to Iraq during the Iraq war, this guy. And when we talked to him, he was living up in Idaho, I think, or Iowa. He says, I just had to get out of Roswell. You know, it just turned into this circus. He really he he really impressed us, and and then we find out like two, a couple months later he passed away. Real veteran, you know, real, yeah, just a real veteran, that guy, good guy. So he seems sincere, but you just yep. don't think the legends you know, stack up to you know what what they're made of. 
Nope. You know, I mean, if you, if you look and go out there and you can see side by side what made up of those um, project uh, mogul balloons and you can see pieces of the debris. And, and people talk about how there's hieroglyphics on some of these. Um, basically, they're just they're balsa wood. And the guys who were putting together those balloons, they would go uh, into town. It was actually pretty far away from Roswell. And they'd go to a florist shop because the florist shop would put dis- displays in their windows. And they'd use this uh, balsa wood that had uh, writing on it to tell you, you know, what kind is it? Is it 10 feet long? Is it 6 feet long? Is it 3 feet? You know, is hieroglyphics that balsa wood people would understand. So when they found that in the debris, the people automatically said, well, this is alien writing where... You know, it's just kind of like codes for um, for balsa wood. So there's just a lot of stuff there that, you know, that that's there's nothing. Well, there's there's nothing that they found that wasn't made here on Earth. You know, that's just the way it is. How the story got out of hand, uh, I can tell you. When I was reading all those books as a kid, there was no mention of Roswell. It was when Stan Friedman and you know his uh, his acolytes uh, got the National uh, Enquirer involved and some TV shows and. You know, kind of off we go, you know, and and I and, and I used to think that it was good because it, it it was people's introduction to UFOs and hey, maybe this happened. In fact, in the eighties, I uh, volunteered to go down there with this group and do an archaeological, you know, just do a real archaeological study. You know, go, you know, go through the sand and sift through the sand and stuff. And you know, I wasn't picked, but that's how much I was into Roswell. But I've just, you know, I just looked at the facts, and there there are more sightings out there incidents out there that are way better than Roswell, right? You know, in Roswell, probably 50 miles from that place, there's an ICBM base that when they were putting it in, we we're talking about how UFOs are always over these places. When they were putting it in, the, the guides didn't want to, you know, do night duty because, you know, UFOs would show up so so often and, you know, and scare them. So, you know, uh, that's called, uh, it's uh, missile number eight. And um, I don't know if it's still there or not, but See, that's the kind of stuff we should be looking towards, you know, not, you know, turning around. Manufactured. <laughs> yeah, manufactured. You don't have to manufacture stuff, but see, it's easy to write about it. Okay. I got to say that in any book I write is vetted, you know, it's vetted by the publisher's lawyers and, you know, basically say, well, you know, if you can't prove this or if you can't back this up, you can't put it in there, you know? So that's why in, in, the, in the books I've written, I just, you know, try to really kind of stick to the facts. But if you're self-published or whatever, you can say anything you want. And go around and sell them, and 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 people say, you know, stop believing it, and that's that's what creates the noise to me. And ninety percent of it is noise. Got to get through that. Got to get to the facts. You've got a perspective that that many people wouldn't have because of the amount of fiction that you write, and I think you've also got a pretty good. I think some people call it a BS meter. So, um, you know, there are a lot of UFO stories, especially the people that had contact with aliens. They have a series of continuing adventures or maybe Ed Walters, who takes picture after picture of of UFOs. Mm -hmm. Um, What do you think is kind of contrast what you think a genuine UFO event from, you know, one of the the phonies? Mm hmm. Well, the whole Gulf Breeze thing, you know, turned out to be phony. Anything that that looks phony is phony. Um, I'll tell you that to, to, to me, the the real UFO footage is the Tic Tac videos. No one knows what those are. You know, those are those are unidentified flying objects. And what we've been seeing all these years, maybe there's some variation of them. 
Uh, but you know, there's a lot of scammers out there, obviously, and um, you know, and and once again, it's part of the noise. And when you mention Gulf Breeze, years ago when I had a UFO paranormal magazine, I interviewed Ed Walters, and he mm-hmm. seemed like an okay guy. Of course, we learned about the model of a UFO found in the attic of a home that he used to own, things like right. that. So that was really strange. But the other thing is here is that Dr. Bruce Maccabee, mm-hmm. pretty serious guy, bought into Gulf Breeze, which kind mm-hmm. of surprised me. Yeah, there's a lot of activity down there, military activity. There's no doubt about that. So if, if you know, seeing lights in the sky down in that area uh, shouldn't be that unusual. Uh, you know, and the fact that this guy took these pictures and, you know, no one else saw them and so on. And as you say, he got caught with the model. Why he would leave that behind, you know, it's kind of a dumbo. But, um, you know, you, 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 when when the UFOs that are on, that we have been allowed to see, we, population, the civilian population, are the Tic Tac videos, those are real. Those are real UFOs. And, and everything that comes from that, you know, is real, not Something looks like a pie play with Christmas lights on. Yeah, so I, I mentioned briefly the the counterfeit, and you know when usually when there's something faked, there's a couple of things going on. First of all, there's a demand for it. You know, there's a reason to do it. Um, but and there probably were other sightings in Gulf Breeze. Who knows? Maybe some of those were real. Some of them were mistaken. You might, you know seeing lights on military craft. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just, you know, it's it's just very possible that uh, Walters was just exploiting the interest in the local UFO scene. So sure. mm-hmm. that's exactly what he was doing, you know, and that's exactly what people do to uh, to carry on these kind of ridiculous stories about Nazi technology, about, you know, 5000 aliens living in. Dulcie Mountain and uh, K2, you know, they're supposed to be the secret place near Area 51. Um, you know, it's to their benefit to continue these stories, you know, to make a reputation for themselves. And, and hey, if that's the way you're going to do it, that's great. You know, but, you know, once you can go on, on our show, we really, you know, we strive. We fool around a lot because, uh, Craig, you told me that you heard one of our shows. You know, we goof off a lot, but we do get serious and you know, we, we get serious about, you know, let's just have people on that are just going to give us the straight stories, you know, and, 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 and mystify us. What happened? Don't try to explain it. Just what happened. And people will get in touch with us and say the same thing happened to me. And then, you know, the circle is complete. You mentioned interpret. So that that's one problem with uh, with UFO witnesses or, you know, well, really anything, a witness to a bank robbery. They mm-hmm. see something, and sometimes they can describe accurately what they saw. But you know, when they start interpreting it, yep. um, then this, the, you know, it's like you know, you see maybe three lights in the sky, mm-hmm. but then you know, if you're, you decide that that it's an alien ship or whatever, you you start asking, you know, it was watching me, or I felt this presence. Right. And, you know, these things are not in the the factual department. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, there are definitely some things that happen to people before and after they see UFOs because they're documented. You know, what that is, who knows? You know, maybe something's going on uh, psychologically and they see a UFO and, you know, you know, who knows, right? But 
Um, I think that um, when people see, well, I'll give you an example. So, you know, we live near the beach. We're on the beach one night and just at, uh, at the sunset. And there's marshes all around us. And we look over these marshes, and here come two separate uh, bunches of lights coming right at us. Red lights, amber lights, and green lights. And you know, I say to uh, my wife, I say, wow, here it is. We're seeing UFOs. Look at these things. We're going to look at these things, and then we'll look at what you have to report. Mac Maloney, Gene Steinberg, Kurt Collins, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream, a dream that turns out to be a nightmare because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. It's all too obvious. We're being let down by the institutions we used to trust. American families are talking about a future of food shortages, banks failing, society breaking down, and what seems like the setup for the apocalypse. But instead of throwing up their hands, folks are leaning into self-reliance, investing in emergency food storage now more than ever. And my Patriot Supply, the nation's largest emergency preparedness company, has made it easier than ever for you to have peace of mind knowing you're prepared. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and stock up on their best-selling three-month emergency food kit. You get tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Get at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200 plus get free shipping on three-month emergency food kits at MyPatriotSupply.com. It's time to prepare for what we all know is coming. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com now. MyPatriotSupply.com Hi, this is Jason Hansen. I'm a former CIA officer and best-selling author on safety and preparedness. The fact is, things are getting downright scary for everyone who's storing their wealth in the banks. We just saw the collapse of three major banks, and I would urge you to consider protecting your wealth ASAP. If even a tiny percentage of Americans attempt to withdraw their savings, we would see a collapse of the entire banking system, sending us into a modern-day Great Depression. Fortunately, there is a way for you to avoid this. It starts with contacting Advantage Gold. If you have an IRA or 401k, Advantage Gold can help convert those paper assets into physical gold and silver. This is the process that I recommend everybody use as a hedge against rapid inflation and to protect your retirement wealth from the banks. Take control of your financial safety today. Call 800-900-8000 to get your free gold investment kit from Advantage Gold. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Consult with your financial advisor before investing. Call 800-900-8000. 
Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy. There's no reason why you shouldn't live to be at least 100 and have a great time getting there. And I'm going to give you a free copy of my lecture that tells you exactly how to do it. In fact, after you've lived a long and healthy life, there should be only two documents in your medical chart, a birth certificate and a death certificate. I'm Dr. Wallach with a warning. If you have a four-inch medical chart, if you take prescription drugs for high cholesterol, high blood pressure, arthritis, joint pains, and other health issues, the medical profession is failing you. They're using you for an ATM machine. My free lecture is going to reveal what pharmaceutical companies don't want you to know. There's been groundbreaking research and discoveries on how to effectively treat or eliminate over 900 different diseases naturally. And it's all in my free lecture called Deadly Recipe. So call toll-free 1-855-79-YOUNG. Again, that's toll-free 1-855-79-YOUNG. 1-855-79-YOUNG. This is Jacques Vallée, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Look further, Mac. Tell us more about this uh, event. Yeah, so we were we watched them for a good two minutes, coming right at us over these low over these marshes, and they came close enough to us for us to see that they were a medevac helicopters going to, you know, the hospital in town. And if they had been, you know, a quarter of a mile away from us, we would have swooned. We saw a UFO. It just looked like, especially the amber lights, which you always hear, that's how you can interpret things, you know, to really be a UFO, uh, you know, a good witness, let's say. I think you have to be you know, a, a pilot, uh, people who have spent time like air traffic controls who have seen everything. And when you see something, you don't know what it is. That's a UFO. Well, I don't want to dismiss all the witnesses from the ground, but I think you make a great point. I mean, that. If you're up in the air, you're going to be able to kind of, you know, in, in, unless it's, you know, it's really zipping past you, you have a mm-hmm. chance to, to look at it from a couple of different angles and eliminates the possibilities, uh, yep. you know. Plus, you tend to be a whole lot closer to whatever's happening than somebody from the ground. We've had um, airline pilots on, and, and what they tell us is, see, airline pilots are in the same position as the Air Force pilots in a way. You know, airline pilots, the way that you get... Um, you you advance is it's kind of a, a long thing, but you bid on certain flights, and you and, and this guy that we knew flew from Chicago to Beijing twice a month. He'd go over the North Pole, right? And what he told us is, yeah, we see stuff all the time, but we're not going to say anything because when that day when you went to get your raise or whatever, and they look on your reports, oh, you're seeing UFOs, huh? Well, you're not going to get it. The other guy's going to get it, so they don't say anything uh, officially. But what he says is, remember, if we're up there, there's other planes up there, too. And they talk amongst themselves. Do you see that? Do you see that? What's it look like? And so on and so forth. And then, you know, they have a story to tell. Military pilots are in the same position, but they do. They will go and say to their officer, hey, listen, I saw this, this, and this, and, you know, fill out a report. But then, you know, that's it. Where that report goes, who knows? You know, in both cases, they don't want to speak publicly about it. Um, you know, for obvious reasons. 
there's the, in the, the NASA conference, they mentioned uh, stigma. It, it was interesting. It said that some of the team had been harassed, you know, online and, and sent emails from people. Hmm. And they were really uh, kind of reluctant to talk about what, but a couple of people asked in the, the reporters afterwards, and they indicated that it came from all perspectives. I mean, so that made me believe that some of the uh, people who believe in aliens and that they're hiding things or coming after them, and other people are ridiculing because it's NASA wasting money. Mm-hmm. I, I thought that was really interesting that, you know, we, we sort of have supposedly come so far, and then yet, you know, they're being harassed. Well, you know, if, if you get fire from both sides, you must be doing something right. Right. <laughs> yeah, it could be it. I mean, you know, talk about NASA for a moment. I mean, they've done some unbelievable things. They've done some incredible things. They put us in the moon. They built the space shuttle, which is was most expensive, the most advanced machine ever made by human beings. You know, they had the space station. They have this Artemis rocket and stuff. You know, they've done some great things. They've done, they've had some incredible follow-ups. Uh, you know, they've they had so many follow-ups. You can almost say there's some kind of conspiracy about these. You know, they sent a billion-dollar research vehicle to Mars. This goes back probably about 15 years. Half of it was built by the European Union. Half of it was built by the USA. They launched it, and it takes two years to get to Mars. It's within a few you know, months of getting to Mars, and what they want to do is they want to transfer what the Americans made into, now the Europeans are going to take over the research part of it, get it into orbit, and so on, right? They found out only then that the European part had been put together with metric with the metric system, and the USA part had been put together with the standard system, inches and stuff, and so the whole thing was a failure. Now, think about that. I mean, it, 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 that to me, that's almost like a lie. That's almost like that's impossible for that to happen, but it happened, you know. So they've had their failures too. There's no doubt about it. And I think the fact that they're a government agency interferes in a lot of stuff they do, because you know you have to kind of, you know, do it the government way. You know, they launched the Challenger and, and and killed that teacher, and you know that was a complete political move. They shouldn't have done that. But you know now you see that changing. You see all these you know SpaceX and all these uh, private companies. You know they're going to do it better. You just know because they don't have the government on their shoulder the whole time. So, wow. So just the difference between the measurement system. Well, then that you know we need to remain aware of that in case we ever really do connect with aliens. We may have some serious communication and technological problems that you know it's not going to go as smoothly as we've seen in the movie and TV shows. Yeah. No. No. I mean, that, all of that. All of that is from my perspective. You know. Um, if if there's something out, and there's got to be other civilizations out there. I mean, yeah, there's just trillions upon trillions of, of, of stars, you know, billions and hundreds of billions of galaxies. We can't be the only ones. But are these, you know, some, are the people from one of these planets visiting our planet and, and, and come across vast, you know, expanses of space? No, they have to have had some kind, if this is who they are, what they are, they have to have some kind of, Technology, wormhole technology, something, you know, they can't do it ballistically, if you know what I mean. They, they have found the secret that we don't have yet. Also, I think if they are that smart, they have ways to communicate with us or mm-hmm. know enough about us to avoid communicating with us. Right. 
I agree with you 100%. I mean, not to be indelicate, but why, why do people get probed if they are so technologically, oh, why, why do they mutilate cows? You know, if they're so technologically advanced, wouldn't they know? You know, what our blood was made of or what our, you know, insides are made of. Wouldn't they know what a cattle was? You know, why would they bother? Um, you know, it's just one of those mysteries. But I, I, that, that I don't understand. The whole abduction thing, I don't understand because I know there is some evidence that something has happened uh, to these people. You know, what it is, who knows? Well, maybe it is that their minds are taking an alien experience and kind of interpreting it in something that they can accept. So some of these screwy details mm -hmm. may not be part of the original encounter or whatever it was, but they added, okay, it's ET, they're here doing physical examinations. And now you don't have to do physical examinations. Even if they wanted to reverse engineer our genetic characteristics, how many humans would they need to do it? One. You, you know, I, I, but there are there are cases, and and I'm not going to you know quote the writers because I'll get them wrong. But um, there were people um, back in uh, going back a couple decades. John Mack was one of them, and um, Bud Hopkins was the other, and they hypnotized people who claimed that they were abducted, and just basically heard their stories. Now, you know. Uh, what they they worked separately because they did not want um, you know the the pool to be polluted if you know what I mean right and they found out a lot of people had seen a movie when they were a kid and then stayed with them and they thought this happened and you know who knows maybe some psychological problems but there's some people there's some people who weren't like that and one of the things that these you know, this only came out after they both passed away and I think one of their wives released their papers or something there's some controversy into it but what they both found out in their interviews was that uh, abductees said that gray aliens had tattoos and they made sure that their group never talked to their group. Okay. So this is something that came independently from these two groups. And I think that's just such an unusual thing. You know, that's just an unusual thing that, that you'd only know if you were there. So how would that happen? You know, how could that possibly happen? I know that we had Kathleen Marden on the PowerCast a number of times. She was mm -hmm. a therapist. She worked with MUFA. And now she's more into channeling and things that I think are kind of too weird for her. But okay. she pointed out several times that there are facts or a single fact that they use to determine whether the abductee is telling the truth. It's not okay. something publicized, but if they know this Yes, of information, yep. maybe like the tattoos, it's enough to say, you know what? Something happened to them. Happened, yeah. But what could yep. it be? Mac Maloney is here with us, and he writes fiction, he writes fact. And we're dealing with facts, we hope, here with Kurt Collins, Gene Steinberg. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. 
A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. I had no idea it would destroy my life. But before it happened, I had a successful business in Austin, Texas. Everyone laughed at me when I shut that business down, but I could not ignore the wake-up call. I was volunteering on a project to get locally grown food into a school. That project was a complete failure, and I discovered that there were few local farmers, there's only four days' worth of food in the grocery stores, and everything comes 1,500 miles via a just-in-time trucking system. I lost friends and family who told me I was crazy to worry about that, but I kept at it. I'm Marjorie Wildcraft. Those of us who know what's going on in the world know you need to become self-reliant before the dollar collapses. I've created a free webinar at GCNfood.com. I can show you, like I've shown hundreds of thousands of people, how to grow lots of food, even if you have no experience, you're older, or you're out of shape. Do it now, before the stores are boarded up and food is not available at any price. Go to GCNfood.com. GCNfood.com. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. By the way, Kurt's going to hang out for the After the Paracast podcast. And I want to talk to him a little bit about our conversation way back when and more communications have occurred online involving Jacques Vallée and Paula Harris and that book Trinity about an alleged crashed flying saucer, an incident that occurred in 1945 that does not appear to be credible at all. But I'll ask you, Mac Maloney, have you followed that at all? And which one is that, Gene? The book is Trinity by Paula Harris and Jacques Vallée. Mm-hmm. It's about a crashed UFO back in 1945. Mm-hmm. Jack Vallée, I, I have read some of his stuff, and um, you know, I, I really like stuff he did. Um, I haven't read that book. Um, John Keel is another guy who we talk a lot about on the show. He's a very interesting guy. And what they do is, John Keel, for instance, found out that UFOs appear to people mostly on Wednesdays and Saturdays. And they also show up on Wednesdays and Saturdays in a specific time zone. So you might have, on a Wednesday or a Saturday, you might have 100 people on the East Coast spot UFOs. And then you go to the next time zone, nothing happens on the East Coast. You have 100 sightings, you know, halfway through the country. Uh, he really took a scientific approach to it. And what he found out, and I think Jack Valle is, is like that too, is that what people you know experience 
might not be little green men for Mars. It might be part of, you know, a small part of a bigger thing, if you know what I mean. Like you know, we call it the uh, grand unified theory of the paranormal that you know monsters, uh, darkness, and ghosts, and UFOs, and Bigfoot, and everything is part of the same thing. And um, I think those guys kind of had that thought in mind when they wrote a lot of stuff. But uh, but to tell you the truth, that's all I really know about Jacques. You know, I, I was going to ask a question about uh, Millet and Keel. So that's uh, that's interesting. So so what you need to know about his uh, this Trinity book, it's uh, such a departure from the, that philosophy. This is this is back to it's basically uh, a um, retcon or a. a of Roswell and putting it in 1945 and there's this uh, thing that looks like a windmill part which you know there's debate over whether they actually ever said it was a UFO part or if it was some equipment left by the army but you know it's it's the whole thing of like Aztec and Roswell with little mm -hmm. men and a crash saucer and it, it's just so it's so strange that he has been um, you know had, had explored the paranormal origins and had been, you know, really skeptical of things like the Dulce base and other things like that, and had argued against the extraterrestrial hypothesis. And it, and then he's the one for this little uh, little man in a crash saucer story. Well, okay, so we'll explore that in more detail on after the Paracast for Paracast Plus subscribers. In the meantime, if you get a chance to look over the book, Mac. We'd love to hear from you. Well, let me ask you, though, since the question's raised, you don't accept Roswell as being a spaceship. Right. Do you think there have been any crashes of UFOs that involve things that cannot be explained conventionally? If, if we could make the question, does the U.S. government or does anyone have a crashed UFO, I'm going to say no. Um, if they did, if, let's say, they reversed, engineered whatever was at Roswell, we, we'd be living in a Jetsons world. You know, we wouldn't be living in the world we live in now. They wouldn't have spent billions and billions of dollars and, you know, cost people their lives launching the space shuttle ballistically. They wouldn't do it if you had the if you had the secret of anti gravity. Why would you keep it? Why would you keep it to yourself? Well the thing is here, maybe the technology is so far advanced, it would be like handing an iPhone. To somebody in 1923. No, but, but, but yeah, but but that's uh, I, I understand that. Okay, but who are they? Whoever they are, to keep it from us, you know, who who appointed them to keep this kind of technology from us? Maybe it's technology that you know everyone in the world gets fed. Maybe you can clear all the air. You can do you. Maybe you can, you know, who knows what? But who who are they to keep this information from us? Right. right? But and, we're and talking. Also, we're talking here alien beings. Don't have to tell us a darn thing, because it well, may not know, be able with our their agenda to communicate with the primitives. As far also, as our own scientists, if they were able to reverse engineer that, I would agree with you that things that could really, really have a serious positive, especially impact right. on us, should be disclosed. Right, and, and and you don't think that the people like Elon Musk and these guys. Jeff Bezos, don't you think they're looking for stuff like that? That they're the people who will bring the anti gravity to us. You know what I mean? And and they're looking for stuff like that all the time. It just doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. We'd 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 all be have anti grav shoes or something, you know? And I'd love for it to exist, but it doesn't. I think of the film The Fifth Element, 
where in the future we have elevated vehicles, Jetsons-type flying cars. Mm-hmm. And the thing is here, I think the scenes where that happened are in Brooklyn, in the far future. And I think they were some of the most realistic mm-hmm. science cool fiction scenes where they're showing the taxis and all yep. the vehicles flying at different levels around the city. Right. And all the, and everything looked grimy and grubby. It looked like a real lived in city, which is so unusual cool. for yeah, sci fi yeah. where everything is clean and pristine. Yeah. Here it was grungy and grimy. And I just nice. think if you even if you can't get into the rest of the film and with Lilu and all the mm-hmm. wacky characters in that film, you know, like Chris Tucker, Ruby Rod, really mm-hmm. weird stuff. Watch the early scenes mm-hmm. where Bruce Willis is a taxi driver and former intelligence agent. And I think you're going to really enjoy the way that it was presented and what the special yeah. effects artists did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, that day is coming, uh, but they're going to be drones. You know, they're not going to be anti-grav machines. They're going to be, you know, drones. They're going to have air taxis in New York within four or five years. And, uh, you know, drones uh, delivering your Amazon stuff. Um, those are going to be the reality. Um, not quite Jetsons, but kind of close to it. Well, they already have experimentation with drones delivering your stuff from Amazon. And I mm-hmm. think one of the pizza chains has been trying that, maybe Domino's, trying yeah, to deliver your pizza with a drone. And keep it warm. Well, it would be easy if you do it that way. You know, a slot would open up in your front door and you take out your homemade pan pizza with meatball topping and sausage topping. Mm. Oh, man. Yeah. You like that, right? I like that. That's my favorite Domino's. I just wish because it's a Detroit company, that's where it was founded, they would offer Detroit deep dish pizza. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of that. I'm not a big fan. I don't like that deep dish. I'm from New England. You can tell from Boston. Okay. <laughs> if you come to Boston ever, go to the North End and just go to any pizza shop there and you'll see what pizza is. Well, I'm from New York. I like Sicilian oh, okay. pizza. Oh, you and know. Sicilian okay. pizza is quite like similar that. to Detroit deep dish pizza. Yeah, but the deep dish... They go crazy with the deep dish, you know? It's not really like deep dish Chicago. No, okay, all right. Okay, it's not. It's very different. That's too much for me. I've had the deep dish. Listen, folks, we didn't intend to talk about food here, unless it's E.T. (laughs) But then E.T. only gives us pancakes. Oh, boy. so I wanted to ask about okay for for we've got uh, you know almost a generation now that they the first exposure they had to the UFO topic was ancient aliens so I'm interested to know what you think of that idea and if you think there's anything to it mm-hmm. before we check into ancient aliens and I'm a fan of Stargate so that is obviously a concept based on ancient aliens and various ways of travel. We've got Mac Maloney, we've got Gene Steinberg, we've got Kurt Collins, and we're talking about all sorts of different aspects of UFOs, taking a really serious and sometimes skeptical point of view. You're in the Paracast. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. 
They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. I am a non-attorney spokesperson representing a team of lawyers who help people that have been injured or wronged. If you've been involved in a serious car, truck, or motorcycle accident or injured at work, you have rights and you may be entitled to money for your suffering. Don't accept an offer you get from an insurance company until you talk to a lawyer. And we represent some of the best personal injury lawyers you can find. Tough lawyers that will fight to win your case. And they're so good they stake their reputation on it by only getting paid if you win. So if you've been in a serious car, truck, or motorcycle accident or hurt on the job, find out today for free what kind of compensation you may be entitled to. Call the legal helpline right now. 800-509-4492. 800-509-4492. That's 800-509-4492. When I was a kid, I wanted to be just like Cal Ripken. It's definitely humbling to know that now people are calling me a hero. Instead of finding the IED with my metal detector, the IED found me first, and that resulted in double above knee amputations. It's hard to describe the feeling of meeting somebody that you've always wanted to be like. There are people now that are looking up to you for their inspiration and to be their role model. Visit SaluteHeroes.org to learn more. It's all too obvious. We're being let down by the institutions we used to trust. American families are talking about a future of food shortages, banks failing, society breaking down, and what seems like the setup for the apocalypse. But instead of throwing up their hands, folks are leaning into self-reliance, investing in emergency food storage now more than ever. And My Patriot Supply, the nation's largest emergency preparedness company, has made it easier than ever for you to have peace of mind knowing you're prepared. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and stock up on their best-selling three-month emergency food kit. You get tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Get at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on three-month emergency food kits at MyPatriotSupply.com. It's time to prepare for what we all know is coming. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com now. MyPatriotSupply.com Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. 
We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Okay, Kurt, you got into ancient astronauts. Sure. So, Mac, I wanted to know, you know, there's truth, there's mythology. It's like, do you think there's, you mentioned, do you think the Nazi alien legend is has no truth whatsoever into it? Do you think, you know, were aliens here? Did they influence us? Or was it maybe just something else like, you know, is, is there any element to the UFO, UFOs as influence and the uh, civilization? Anything you find credible about that? When Ron Dynakin came out with those books, I was just in college, man. I loved them. I read them over and over. And I said, finally, this guy, you know, he's on to something. But, you know, after four or five books, he was kind of stretching it. But but he, he did come up with a bunch of really cool stuff. And one of them is, it seems so simple, but it's in a cave in South America. Deep in a cave in South America, someone painted a um, a dinosaur. Now, if you go back and look at the religions of South America, the Aztecs and all all those civilizations, they don't have dragons and stuff like that because they never saw them. You know, they had big birds and you know big wolves and stuff like that. For a ancient painting of a, I think it's a brontosaurus like creature in a cave in South America, makes no sense. I don't know how that connects with the aliens or not. I just read it in his book. Some of the stuff he says. You have to sit down. You have to think. Wow, man, something's got to be happening. Yeah, a lot of it happened around the equator, as it turns out. Um, a lot of those stories come from ten degrees north and south of the equator, which is where a lot of the uh, early civilizations on this planet were. Um, I, I think that it, what's more mysterious is that if you look at these places, they're in South America. There's a few, there's a couple of places in South America and Bolivia that are these gigantic, gigantic fortresses made of slabs of granite, you know, the 400 tons, and you couldn't do it today, yet they did it. They're high in the Andes. Uh, there's a place called um, Kobe Tepeki in Turkey, same thing. It's up in a mountain. It's a huge fortress, like a castle, like a fortress. It was built 20,000 years ago. So if you believe the current history line, it was built by cavemen, and that didn't happen. Something might have happened in this uh, world 18,500 years ago. Graham Hancock is a big proponent of that. Something might have happened. That's where the history kind of gets murky and then kind of starts again. The Sumerians kind of start civilization and stuff. But something had to be going on here. There's, there's evidence that the Sphinx is much older than the pyramids, and the pyramids are 6,000 years old. I mean... You know, they, the pyramids were already 3,000 years old when Cleopatra was around. That's how ancient those things are. You know, how do you build those things with basically cavemen? So something happened. I thought he was on to something. I think you know, those books are worth reading because there's some interesting stuff in there. The plane of Nazca and stuff like that. I don't think he quite got it. And the fact that he, you know, spent time in jail for uh, uh, for something, embezzlement or something in a Swiss jail. That kind of took the shine off it. A little for me, but interesting stuff you came up with. Well, I always feel that somebody has the right to redeem themselves. 
So, mm. you know, what mm-hmm. it is, what it is. I don't think he is not serious. And we've interviewed him here on the Paracast yeah. that he's not serious about what he believes. But if you go in there and you have a religious scholar go through all his interpretations, as yep. we did with uh, my old friend David Halpern, who is a Jewish scholar, mm-hmm. and we got von Daniken reduced to saying, well, these are my interpretations of it. Yeah, okay, that's yeah, fine. Yeah. Yeah. But, but still, there is a point there that if we're being visited by extraterrestrials now, why assume they came recently? What happened 3,000 right. years ago, 2,000 years ago, were we visited, were we seated by E.T.? What What happened? Yeah, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, that would be a dramatic way to uh, start the, you know, the story of the human race. I mean, but we had to come from somewhere. There just seems to be things, you know, you've seen the, those things like uh, sextants and, um, you know, different kind of navigation devices from uh, 5,000 years old from Iraq, and you say, how do they have the knowledge to do that? There's a map. I forget what they call it. I think it's Admiral, Admiral something map that shows a complete, you know, outline of the U.S. coast, Antarctica, Africa, Europe, everything. I mean, it's it's crude, but you can see it. And this thing has been around, you know, way before they had ships to, you know, come to, uh, you know, American stuff. Somehow they knew that. And they said it, it's from out of, it's, it's looking down. It's like the God's eye view. This map, so it, it it had to be something flying over it that took down all that stuff. Where does that come from? You know, how can you explain stuff? Yeah, what's interesting here too is that Mitch Keogh wrote about that. Was this Perry Reese map or something like that? Yep, that's it. Right. Yep. I may not have pronounced that correctly, folks, but re- I'm remembering a book I read 45 years ago, so that I have a memory at all. And in this day and age, people are surprised about. But yeah, indications that we had more advanced technology than you'd expect. Right. Yeah. Something. Something. You know, you see England itself. One of the guys on the show uh, is we don't use our real names on the show. His name is Juan Juan. He lives in England now. He says that the place is full of like little stone hinges and all this kind of crazy stuff that's over there that's that's been over there for thousands of years. People don't know who built Stonehenge. They don't know who built these things, but they're everywhere. You know, why did they do it? You know, why would you build Stonehenge? Stonehenge is enormous. You know, why would you do that unless it really kind of meant something, you know? And and why would you leave nothing behind to to tell us what it is? Just very strange. And there's stuff like that all over, you know, and it's as fascinating to me as the UFO thing is. It's like, Wow, what really went on here before with all this stuff around? We keep finding it all the time. Well, if you read your Edgar Rice Burroughs, there's there were lost civilizations all over the all over mm-hmm. the place. So yeah. you know, cool. and and some people, you know, there's there um, the ultra terrestrial theory, you know, is is a much less popular than the extraterrestrial hypothesis. But you know that there was an ancient race, whether it was Atlanteans yeah. or you know yep. the equivalent, and that they yep. we're seeing. What do they call it? The breakaway civilization or something. The, the, if, if, if you look at um, the first book of the Bible, not that I ever have, but if you look at it from a non-religious point of view, right, it seems to indicate that this thing, uh, the sons of God, that um, the first you know race to be here were almost uh, supermen in a way. 
there were angels become, I think, angels that had become human. And then, you know, you get into the whole uh, story about heaven and hell and everything. But the very first part of the Bible, that's what it's about, this kind of race of superhumans living on the earth, living for a long time. And then God, in quotes, got mad and, you know, and killed them all, I guess. So I don't know. But, that, but you know, that's, that's a story in that and the ark story. Noah's Ark and so on. Um, that's in a lot of different religions. That's that's like a story that yeah has been hanging around for a long time. So something must have happened. You know what's happening right now? A couple of announcements. Mac, Gene, and Kurt, you're in the Paracast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Are you curious about what might be missing from your diet and supplement choices? Take a free health assessment to identify your possible nutrient deficiencies. As a certified holistic health coach, I will help you assess and prioritize a supplement program based on Dr. Wallach's recommendations. Call Linda at 833-VITAL-90. That number to call is 833-848-2590. That's 833-VITAL-90. Hi, this is Dr. Joel Wallach, the Mineral Doctor. You've heard me talk about 90 for Life for years. 60 minerals, 16 vitamins, 12 amino acids, 2 fatty acids. You may not know this, that I've actually designed Arthur decks for animals. That's right. Your pets need 90 for Life, too. Get this essential pet product by calling 877-279-9422. That's 877-279-9422. Again, 877-279-9422. USA News Update. President Biden has signed the debt ceiling bill that was passed by Congress just days ahead of the deadline. Passing this budget agreement was critical. The stakes could not have been higher. If we had failed to reach an agreement on the budget, there were extreme voices threatening to take America for the first time in our 247-year history into default on our national debt. Rescue teams searching through the weekend for survivors of the deadly train crash in India. Two passenger trains collided with a freight train, killing nearly 300 people and injuring hundreds. A West Virginia man charged with murder for the fatal shooting of a state trooper. Authorities say West Virginia Police Sergeant Corey Maynard was fatally wounded on Friday by 29-year-old Timothy Kennedy. Kennedy then fled but was found after a seven-hour manhunt. Corey Myers... USA News. If you're concerned about the power grid and want to generate your own supply of off-grid electricity, this will be the most important message you'll hear this year. Here's why. We now have a small number of solar generators back in stock. These emergency backup systems provide life-saving backup power when you need it most. And unlike gas generators, solar generators run quietly, emit no dangerous fumes, and produce an endless supply of free electricity from the sun. Whether it's wildfires, dangerous weather, power grid issues, or just getting off the grid, you'll never have to suffer through painful power outages again. Even better, all this week, radio listeners get over $700 in free off-the-grid bonuses, too. Go to MySolarBackup.com to learn more and check availability. That's MySolarBackup.com. Look for the free report, Crisis Cooling, how to make absolutely sure your meat, milk, and medicines stay safe and cool in any power outage. Yours free at MySolarBackup.com. 
Tahibo Tea Club's original Pure Pouty Arco Super Tea comes from the only tree in the world that fungus does not grow on. As a result, it naturally has antifungal, anti-infection, antiviral, antibacterial, anti-inflammation, and anti-parasite properties. So the tea is great for healthy people because it helps build the immune system. And it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. The tea is also organic and naturally caffeine-free. A one-pound package of tea is $49.95, which includes shipping. To order, please visit ShopSuperTea.com. The first word is shop, spelled S-H-O-P, then the word super, and then the word tea. The complete website is ShopSuperTea.com. Or call us at 818-984-6100, Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. California time. That's 818-984-6100. ShopSuperTea.com. This is me, the Merciless. You are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio, exactly according to my plan. You know, Mac, the way you paint that picture there, you think maybe we had advanced civilizations way back when, like Richard Shaver even claimed, that for whatever reason, they came to a point of destruction, maybe Mm -hmm. a global catastrophe or something. And some of these artifacts we see are remnants of that ancient civilization. You have to think, okay, we know where we are now. Our Mm -hmm. civilization goes to the trash heap in five years. 2,000 years from now, Mm -hmm. what would it look like? It rises again. Yeah, right. Right. There used to be that TV show, you know, what, what, like, New York City look like in a thousand years or something. What would still be there? What would fall? You know, would the bridges still be there? What would it look like? People would be walking around saying, see, what was it like? Just like we're walking around saying, yeah, how do these people have sextants 6,000 years ago? You know, this is a good chance that, you know, that's kind of how things happen. You know, civilizations rise and fall. There might not have been like 8 billion people on the planet at the time. It might have been, you know, less. And they might have just had some kind of technology that we don't know about, you know, not going to the moon or anything. But it sure does seem like they had flight, you know. Uh, you see that in a lot of religions, the Baghdad of Vita, if I said that right. You know, that's it's basically about, you know, it, it, different aircraft fighting each other and nuclear bombs and everything. I mean, I just think something happened back then, whether it's UFO related or the world was wiped out in a pandemic. Who knows? Um, but where is that? So where did that stuff come from? Well, again, I mentioned Richard Shaver because that was part of what he wrote about. But there is this confluence of characters. Like, for example, you mentioned Edgar Rice Burroughs. The thing that relates anything we wrote about with the secret civilization is Pellucidor. It was one of the original Hollow Earth books influenced by the same works of fact or supposed fact as Richard Shaver, Ray Palmer, all those people. Everyone talking about Hollow Earth, that's what Edgar Rice Burroughs wrote in his fiction. Of course, most people remember Burroughs as the creator of Tarzan. But he also created John Carter of Mars. They had a movie about that, which unfortunately failed, although I thought it was a terrific movie. They had Carson of Venus. Mm, Right, yeah, yeah. Right, Under the Clouds of Venus existed a civilization that had an atmospheric content that was acceptable. 
Of course, what we know about Venus now doesn't make it possible, but still. He basically had the same kind of characters across different worlds. But once again, hollow earth. Once again, shaver with the ancient mysteries. And Ray Palmer is at the confluence of all these because he knew Burroughs. He worked with shaver and a lot of influences from sci-fi, which went into the UFO field, came Mm -hmm. from Ray Palmer. Yeah. Yeah, he's an interesting guy, you know. You know, all those guys back then, I mean, let's face it, they were they were trying to get content for their magazines and stuff, you know. And, you know, I think the truth in a lot of those things, um, you know, was a little sketchy at best. But, you know, nevertheless, there are really, really solid kind of incidents out there that you know, just should be looked into. And I keep saying I'm like a broken record, but look into it in a scientific manner, not just, you know, saying these crazy things and having people agree with you. Really look at it in a scientific manner and see what's up. The, 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 you know, the um, the answer might be just surprising. You know, you never know. Right. So uh, but that's how you have to do it. You can't do it by just going around, you know, claiming stuff and and having nothing to back it up. That gets us nowhere. Well, so the mention of uh, Ray Palmer in particular, you know, his uh, uh, Fate magazine just pitched everything, including, you know, a whole lot of paranormal things. And we were talking about Belay and, and Keel there for a while. And they were they were uh, connecting the UFO phenomenon with uh, the paranormal. So where do you where do you come down on that? I said before that I think that you know, there's a good chance that it's all part of the same thing. Um Someone sent us a photograph, and it's it, it's kind of a symbolic photograph. It's it's a of a haunted house that set up a like a trail camera, and they took a picture of this haunted house, and you can clearly see somebody in the window that looks very, you know, spooky and ghost like and everything. And and then, you know, two hundred feet above it is a UFO, what we would call UFO, and it's kind of interesting that they're both in the cot in the same picture. It would be cool if it was all part of the same thing. And, and, and what is it? Why do only a few people get abducted? Why do only a few people see UFOs? I'll never see a UFO. I've never seen one. I want to see one. I feel like I want to see one too badly to see one. They kind of surprise people. You know, the people that see them are usually on people that you would think would say, hey, sorry, UFO. I had an on to you know, right off the boat from Ireland, she's the last person in the world and, you know, that a camp up in Maine and she wouldn't go up there anymore because she, she just saw these things one night. Who knows, you know, but again, the way to do it, look, get data, look at it, do the scientific approach. It's the only way. So many uh, experiences are, you know, there it's, it's in the eye of the beholder. It's not something to be shared or studied by a scientist that comes along later um, you know, some people feel that, you know, it's um, it's basically an internal, a mental experience you know, that. So, you know, and some, you know, maybe maybe that's part of it. I certainly don't think that's everything. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of, you know, uh, anecdotal evidence that, you know, it could be something cer- certain people have something in their brain, not saying, you know, mental illness or anything. You know, they're seeing something the rest of us can't. And. That's, you know, that's pretty odd when you think about it. You know, why them and why not us? That type of thing. So it's just one of the many mysteries of this whole thing. The the impact on the witnesses is another thing. I mean, there, you know, there's some people 
that uh, you know they have a you know a traumatic experience and it cripples one person another person copes with it goes on yep. but in some of these paranormal ufo encounters you know seem to change their life some of them what for you know for most people you know some people just go on normal but typically they you know it's some kind of a like an awakening for them if yeah right if you have a real close encounter there are people you know who are like that and and i know that people want that too you know um this is telling tales out of school but why not like so when i went to had uh, breakfast with my editor once and we were talking about ufos and that's that's how ufos in wartime and beyond area 51 came into being was that was the pitch meeting as they say and as we were ending he said listen just remember one thing when it comes to angels and ufos people want to believe and he was he was talking about that from the publishing point of view but it, it it's true with that you know it's a true statement no matter what you know people i would love to live in a world that I don't know about aliens walking among us, but angels, yeah, sure, you know. I'd love to live in that kind of a world where everything is kind of cool. Um, but we don't, you know. Uh, you know, we don't live in that. We live in this world. And, uh, you know, and, and I think people want something else. And angels and UFOs provide that. And so does religion. You know, so does booze and food and stuff, you know. But... I think people just want stuff, and you know they 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 soak it up, whether it's right or not, whether it's accurate or not, whether it's true or not. Yeah, I think our you know, it's interesting to think the average person now, especially with television and movies and everything, there's a lot of fantasy that's pumped into our brain constantly. Mm -hmm. But most most people are absolutely able to distinguish one from the other. Right. Uh, you know, so I, I don't think, you know, it's not that, that people have, have, you know, been programmed to see flying saucers. And now it may shape the way they interpret an unknown thing in the sky. Right. But it, it's probably not going to make them say, you know, I met spacemen. No, I, you know, I'm not really talking about everyone who has seen stuff. I'm talking about people who read books that claim these things have happened. Okay, yeah. that that's how you that's how the dominoes fall in a way. You know, we're not going to play dominoes on this show, but we're going to break for a moment, and we got more with Mac Maloney and Gene Steinberg and Kurt Collins. You're in the Paracast. <laughs> Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, the Paracast dot plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out 
theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. Airlines have just reduced their prices even more. Book 30 days in advance and save big. Want the absolute lowest prices on your airline tickets? Then call the low-cost airlines travel hotline right now for prices so low we can't publish them anywhere. The only way to access our low rates and save up to 70% is to call. Save hundreds on your vacation tickets by calling right now. You can fly anywhere in the world and pay discount prices on your air. Airline tickets. Book a flight today to London, Paris, Madrid, or anywhere else you want to go. And pay a lot less guaranteed. Call the International Travel Department right now at low-cost airlines. 802-341-4535. 802-341-4535. That's 802-341-4535. Get healthy, not high, with 100% pure CBD, powerful natural pain relief from Veterans Vitality. GCN listeners, have you ever thought about how CBD may help you? I'm sure you have heard about the many benefits of CBD. Well, here's your opportunity to try before you buy. Created by veterans and for everyone who deserves better choices, our CBD is derived from organic hemp, grown in the USA, and third-party tested. Veterans Vitality CBD saves you as much as 25 to 50% over our competition, and a portion of all sales is contributed to veteran nonprofits and events. Many of our customers have experienced improved quality of life, help with anxiety, PTSD, and overall well-being. Our products do not contain THC. They are safe, non-addictive, effective, and 100% legal. GCN listeners, get your free trial bottle of premium CBD by simply paying shipping and handling at GCNFreeCBD.com. That's GCNFreeCBD.com. Again, GCNFreeCBD.com. Offered by Veterans Vitality Premium CBD. Extendivite is more than just a heart tonic. Most basic diseases are caused by yeast in the gut and metals in the liver, and we all have a bit of both. The garlic in Extendivite has a yeast-killing effect in the gut while also helping the sulfur enzyme in the liver get rid of the metals. Extendivite just may improve your overall health. Products like Extendivite are the only way we are going to get our society healthy. And if you're waiting for the government and pharmaceutical care to solve your health problems, you're going to have a long, disappointing wait, I think. Extendivite is a complete formula for extended life in the new millennium. 80 can be the new 60. Extendivite is available in capsule or liquid form for just $69.95 for a two-month supply. To get started, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Extendo Voice. Hi, this is Tracy Torme, screenwriter, producer. You're listening to Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. You know, I was thinking here before in the conversation with Mac and Kurt, Something that someone said, a politician, and I don't want to get political, but he did say the following phrase, truth isn't truth. And you wonder about all the things we believe and or expect about UFOs. And you wonder what is going on here. Is it only thought of as being ET or multidimensional or whatever because of the state of our science and the state of our culture? Hmm. 
interesting. I don't know who said, you know, truth isn't truth, but it's kind of like, do we believe what we believe because our scientific technological level is here right now? In 500 years, people are going to believe something else because they'll know more. You know what I mean? They'll be more educated in a way. So we, we see what we want to see in, in a strange way. Like, for instance, before people would see, like during World War II, a lot of Foo Fighters back then were the cigar-shaped objects. That's what they saw a lot of and also balls of light. It was only after Kenneth Arnold, you know, the media coined flying saucers. He didn't quite say flying saucers, but that's what the newspapers picked up. Suddenly everyone's seeing flying saucers, taking pictures of flying saucers. So is it our collective consciousness doing this? But yeah, you know, collective unconscious that we're maybe Something. partly creating the UFO mystery here. Right, and then right. there's another theory that was voiced, which I keep bringing up, and people think it's crazy I bring it up. But listen, folks, back to Ray Palmer, pioneer in the UFO field, pioneer mm -hmm. in sci-fi, early days of sci-fi. A lot of the things that we have in sci-fi, especially space opera stuff like Star Trek, yep. like Love Star that. Wars, all that, a lot of that was promoted and introduced by Ray Palmer back in the 30s and 40s. Yeah, yeah. I love that space opera stuff. Oh, yeah. So Palmer often said, flying saucers are here to make us think. Hmm. That's a good line. I like that. You like it? I'll charge hmm. extra for it. Okay, there you go. Yes. Because so remember, truth like isn't truth. You know, I take that for its source. Consider the source. Well, I mean, I'm not going to talk about people whose dark hair dye leaks on their face. Right. Yes. <laughs> I won't do that. That's not appropriate. That's not part of this show because it's politics. But seriously what thinking here, we're yeah. thinking of UFOs in physical terms. Right. And maybe that's not what it's all about. Yeah, it's disappointing to think that, you know, um, we are limited to our organic material we're made up of. You know, you have uh, maybe there are colors we can't see, sounds mm -hmm. we can't hear, and thoughts we can't think. And maybe we're just not wired to yeah. comprehend what's going on. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. And I used to live up in Albany and had to go to New York City frequently for business. And you take the train along the Hudson River. It's a nice trip. But... I'd always look out and there's always ducks there and they'd hear the train coming and they'd scatter like across the water. They'd fly really low to the water and turn up the water. And they'd hang out there until the train went by and it was gone and then they'd come back to where they were. And I would think about it and I'd say, you know what, the duck has no idea what a train is. He doesn't know, you know, that there are people in the train going from here to there. He just sees it and he reacts. He doesn't have the intellectual capacity to know what it is and maybe that's what it is with us like what you just said maybe we just aren't smart enough to know yet if ufos are here to make us think or flying saucers or however you wish to phrase it may mean that it starts us thinking about the future oh if this is spacious maybe we should look into going out there ourselves we're destined to go into outer space this influences us mm to behave in certain ways and to think about things. And as we might have thought mentioned before, 500 years from now, what kind of phenomena would we perceive? Right. Yes, right. Exactly. What if one just literally crashed and we got it? We would be traveling like they were. Well, there's, you know, 
to be a better possibility than trying to do it ballistically, but we would be, we would have the secret that they have given to us, either intentionally or not, you know. But I go back to what I said before, Mac. Would our scientists immediately be able to reverse engineer that? Of course, that's, that's one of the legends in the Roswell myth. But still, again, if you have something that's hundreds or thousands of years ahead of us, how long would it take our scientists to figure it out? Right. Right. Yeah, that's true. But but at least they'd have a step ahead. See, I, yeah, I, I would love for that to happen, but I don't think it's going to happen. I just don't think that's the way that you know the story goes. Speaking of the story, do you expect us to ever reach a resolution? Obviously, what we're getting now is not taking us there. Certainly the stuff from NASA, the stuff from the whatever it's called these days, organization mm-hmm. within the Pentagon, the Pentagon yeah. Musical Chairs Project. Right, right. Not delivering it, us anything significant, just repeating the same old nonsense. It's going to come out of China. You know, I hate to be that guy at the party again, but you're just going to get a headline someday. The Chinese have, you know, think they know what UFOs are or they have a piece of one or their AI has done something because they're working on it vigorously. They recognize that if they're the ones that solve this mystery they're going to be on top they're also going to land men on the moon in about four years so it's going to come out of there if it comes out of the united states i'd love it but you know it would be a shot in the dark because a lot of other people a lot of other money studying this thing and they're not in the usa well this saudi arabia has tons of money from their oil profits Mm -hmm. billions and billions of dollars they could buy scientists to do this kind of research if they cared to do so Yep. They're building a uh, 50 mile long horizontal skyscraper in the desert. It's going to cost a trillion dollars. So they get their hands full with stuff like that. They're more like that. Like China wants to rule the world and they got a big army and big military. And that's what they're up to. They don't really make bones about it. They want it for the prestige. You know, it's like first guy in the moon. Well, we broke the UFO mystery. You know, it, it doesn't get much bigger than that. Yes, but if it happened in the U.S., and this will be a closing comment, Mac, I tend to think that we're going to have such a situation these days that half the people would see this announcement and say, fake news, fake news. Half the people would embrace it. Wouldn't matter the party of the government leader who makes this announcement. It's going to be tricky. And if E.T. were brought up on stage, here he is from wherever. Yeah, Ah, it's just makeup. It's special effects. It's Hollywood. Yeah, he, he'd have a tough time. Oh, yeah. Too, you know? A lot of people, historical people coming back would have a tough time now because that's the world we live in. Is It's a world of conflict created by the politicians and the media. We go along with it. It's stupid. But here we are. Hey, tell our listeners, Mac Maloney, where they can find more of the stuff that you do. Well, MacMaloney.com, you know, uh, just go there. We have a, a one web page about the radio show, which is Mac Maloney's Military X-Files. We're a podcast for a radio show. We're everywhere. Just Google it. We have a good time, but we do get serious about, you know, some issues. Very high energy show. And then uh, Wingman uh, Books, uh, Mac Maloney Books, Wingman 22 just came out. I don't even know how many books I've written to tell you the truth, but I'm lucky I'm able to do it as a living, have a lot of fun doing it. So just go to MacMaloney.com, go to Amazon, or just Google my name, really. It's probably the easiest way. Kurt, where do we find your stuff? The Saucers That Tom Forgot, or historical UFO articles and how it all began, and 
Blue Blurry Lines. BlueBlurryLines.com. You can find us on Twitter. If you look for the PowerCast, while Elon Musk lets us stay, he's not very indulgent, is he? On Facebook, we have two areas, a fan club and a group for the PowerCast. You can also get branded merchandise with the T-shirts and the throw pillows and all that good stuff. The PowerCast.shop, that's where you check it out. And then we offer our streaming service, the PowerCast Plus, at theparacast.plus to sign up quickly. We give you the show free of the ads from our network. How about that? 42 minutes of ads are just taken away. We also give you the After the Paracast podcast. And this week, Kurt Collins and I will hang out talking about Trinity. Okay. To subscribe, check out the Paracast.plus. Use the coupon code UFO20, UFO20, and we give you a 20% discount on five-year and lifetime memberships. The Paracast.plus. Mac Maloney, always a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks for joining us on the Paracast. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. Thank you. The Paracast. Featuring Gene Steinberg is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in the Paracast.